Retromania Wrestling, the official sequel to WrestleFest, is out right now, and you can get it on all your favorite consoles, including PC. Do you like wrestling? Do you like video games? Do you like OVP? Well, then trust me. Go to RetromaniaWrestling.com and get it now. Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys very much for being back with us here it is episode 214 and it is monday march 8th 2021 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Murata. i'm joined by michael spring fever quinn how you doing there michael howdy i hear the parking situation has much improved since oh, the much imp- i mean snow those, melt no, the snow it's gone. It's, it's gone, great, baby. isn't it? It's wonderful. We're inching towards the spring, folks. and uh, Less inches towards the spring. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, you can inch on over if you want to over on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. You might do that if you want drama-free wrestling clips, Quinn. There isn't drama there. We don't have it. We don't do that. We don't do any of that <laughs> nonsense. We just post clips of things that happened on this day, like 30 years ago, 25 years ago. 30 years ago, Brooklyn Brawler fought. <laughs> Mountie or something. Yeah, I don't nice. know. Yeah. That would have been good. But you can check it out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to uh, at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to actually talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at the uh, Facebook, okay. Facebook.com slash inches. Right. It's a great site where you can uh, find our group, obviously. And what happens? What do you do? Well, you type in the search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing bang boom tube, score completely. Hit the join button, you're in. And once you're in, you're agreeing to one rule and one rule only, which is what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that means no personal attacks. Don't call people names if they disagree we with your opinions. We don't do that there. It's not important There's, there's mods trying <laughs> there their best mods. to keep their eye on everything. We have like a hundred mods. No, we have like four of us. Yeah. But the whole point is discuss retro wrestling, right? And you don't have to agree. No one agrees on everything. And some people actually, their favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. I can't what? believe what. Um, and some people, the level-headed ones like Bret Hart. And the whole right. point is, you don't insult each other about that. No, that's the you idea. Respectfully disagree. Right. And that's say, what we do. And say hi to Chuck Metz on your way in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I respectfully disagree with Chuck Metz about Sting about everything, Hogan, and all that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's on our, our Facebook group. There it really is a fun time. Join it. We try to limit the drama there as well. Also, if you like OVP, let's say you've been listening for a few weeks and you like what you hear, or maybe a few months, or maybe you just haven't gotten around to it and you want more stuff. That's the reason we have a Patreon is to give you guys more content if you want to support us. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's only two tiers for $2 or for $5. That is it. Out right now. SummerSlam 92, the pay-per-view review. It's outside. It's England. Yes. It's all that. The, the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. Did you ever think you'd see it? No. It's all that in a bag in, of fish and chips, that <laughs> show. There you go. So if you want to support us and you want more content, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, this season, we have a new opening segment. Right. We are going through some things, whether it's a wrestler, and last week it was a pay-per-view in your house, it's time. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? that's a great one. <laughs> it was. That maybe not everyone seems to like. And what we want to do is defend those things. Mm-hmm. This week, it's my pick. 
for OVP's In Defense Of. Michael. Yes. I want to defend a hearty defense. Hearty defense. To someone who's, whose public opinion has, over the last five years, improved. But nonetheless, I feel like this will add to it. Tony Schiavone. The darkest moment in the history of our sport. Oh, yeah. Tony Schiavone, a man who has returned to the, the game, if you will. He has. And you know what? Probably at the top of his game still. Well, I mean, he never was that bad. That is <laughs> exactly the point of this segment. Yeah. He was never that bad. Yet, there was a period of time, I'd say from, oh, 1998 or 9 yeah. until a few years ago, where people seem to think that all he did was say the greatest Nitro in the history of our sport. Is and that, that a bad thing, though? Like, well, it's no uh, different than any other hyperbole. Six days away from the biggest night the sport has ever seen. I think, Joe, that he is the victim of being a popular wrestling commentator. Meaning that, like, remember how we look back and at the time, the people watching, I, there seemed to be some consensus, for example, in the Meltzer crowd that Gorilla was bad. But that right. was probably due mostly not to Gorilla being bad as much as like he was, it was oversaturated. You saw and he him was all just, the time. It was just like, oh, can we get someone not Gorilla? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for if people have been watching back then, I know for you and me, that's crazy. Right, of course. But, but if you're actually there day to day in the 80s, you're kind of like, Okay, like, uh, uh, there's only so much I could take him calling a Russian leg sweep a neck breaker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, with Tony Schiavone, I remember in my formative days on the wrestling internet, you ever heard of it? Yeah. Even as early as 1999 or so, people were already all over his case. So, it wasn't just in retrospect that, you know, Bobby Heenan had a couple of comments in some of his interviews in the 2000s about Schiavone. And Tony Schiavone was the worst because he didn't like the fans. He didn't like the wrestlers. And he wouldn't tell Mike Tanay and I anything about what was going on. And sometimes Bobby Heenan gets blamed for the negative perception. But the thing is, that was already going on way before Bobby Heenan had shoot interviews about Tony Schiavone. Right. That was already a thing. In fact, he was voted the worst announcer by the uh, Observer match in 99 and 2000. Now, can you think of someone in the WWF that was on television that had a goatee that is still (laughs) there? That was much worse than Tony Schiavone. Michael Cole. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, come on. We're really going to call Schiavone the on worst announcer? Like, like Kevin Kelly's around. And Hi! Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing I, listen, here? I like modern Kevin Kelly because he's like yes. more mature and not weird. <laughs> but like the Kevin Kelly in the late 90s was not very good. Well, Kevin Kelly just wasn't blessed with a good voice for right. this type of stuff. He still does, but he uses it well. But Hi, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. It's like he, he developed like a. I'm a serious, I'm like a straight man. So now I don't have to go, ha, like, (laughs) you know, like that's the thing. It's like Kevin Kelly should have never been a reactive character in the show. Like, because he's he's just, it's not, he's not cut out for it. He's been making his way around all the way to the back of the house, screaming and yelling. Pillman's got this pistol out and I don't know what the hell is going on here. With Tony Schiavone, obviously his career started in the early eighties over in the NW and the Crockett promotion. His famous team from that era was Tony Schiavone and one of your favorites, Quinn, David, another guy who takes on a stick, David Crockett. Wonderful. I love them. I, I think, think that, that is one of the best Tony Schiavone teams he's ever been part of, actually. Well, one, I think David Crockett is so under. He's another one that's super underrated because I, yeah. here's the thing you have to understand about David Crockett is like he's like a real fan, but he, he also it. is like parents on the company or whatever it is like his brother. His brother. Yeah. I'm just saying his dad owned it before. Well, yeah, of so course. like that, that it's like one of those things where it's like he's such a fan because it's like my family owns it. It means that. a lot. To it him. means a lot. I, do good Rick Flair. Right. Like, you know what I mean? He's the best. So with Shivani, one of the things you talked about a team with David Crockett, 
Tony Schiavone had incredible chemistry with almost everyone he worked with. Obviously, we mentioned Crockett. When he went to WWF in 89 and 90, he was tremendous with Jesse Ventura. Hi, everyone. I'm Tony Schiavone, joined in the broadcast location by Jesse the Body Ventura. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, Schiavone, don't you get out of line with me. Very good with Jesse Really, yeah. really good. And then when he went back to WCW, he was also really good with Jesse Ventura again. He was really good with Bobby Heenan for years. People act Heenan. like he wasn't, but he was great. Right on the Yugoslavia yeah. neckbreaker. Stop he it. kicked the man in the head, Shivani. Exactly. He kicked his Bosnian butt. How do you like that? <laughs> okay. What is this shoot interview? I don't remember a lot well, of the details here. Did Bobby not like him in real life? Bobby grew to not like him. He, he did like him oh. in the 90s. He eventually, in the later part, WCW wasn't doing well around the time. Is this, the, is this, do you think, a lot to do with the fact that WCW became a very politics-driven company yep. internally? And yep. probably Bobby and Tony got in a scuffle over both of them being sucked into whatever politic garbage at the time. Well, it just sounded like a miserable work environment, so I don't yeah. blame anyone. And, and Shivani, to his credit, admitted you know, retrospectively that a lot of the criticism that Bobby directed at him was deserved. A lot of this is his anger towards me when he got fired, uh, and I did I handled that wrong, and uh, he was very pissed off at me because of that, and he has a right to be. But I want to talk about him as the announcer, right? What a great voice! Oh yeah, his voice, and it's still the same today, pretty much. Has this precision to it? It cuts through. It just sounds Tony Schiavone just sounds right calling yeah, wrestling matches. It's true. And he adapted his style into the WWF. Have you heard his bombast? And you remember it's SummerSlam 89. Oh, yeah. With the Zeus. He picked up Zeus! And like, I just oh. remember a lot of like his intros to at the beginning. It's like, it's Red Hot SummerSlam yes, or whatever right. he says. I don't do a good Tony and Shivani impression. Does, I'm just going to say <laughs> things that he said. So Yeah. All the excitement of the World Wrestling Federation has filled the Middle Ends Arena in SummerSlam. The wait, the anticipation is He's so good at conveying the emotion of the fans. That's true. And I put him on par with Prime JR. I never used to. I used to not like Tony Schiavone as much. Right. But as the years have gone on, and I've listened to him both in WCW more and more respect for his WWF work, dare I say, there's probably times in his career, now is one of them, where he's better than JR. That's true. I mean, they both suffer from the... Both of them were around too long shit. JR like, more so. Right. Well, JR did it longer, like a straighter path. Front and back. Front and back, yeah. Shivani has the benefit of having that long break for like 15 or so yeah. years. Yeah, I pretty say. much. Yeah. yeah, about 15. Was that was that when he started coming back? Was it after about 15 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. So so it's a little different. JR suffers from like the ultra saturation of his like him calling shit. Yeah. To be fair though, until recently, he was on and off for good five years like he wasn't really consistent he stopped for yeah full time around what nine or oh nine or 2010 now or something he, like that he's he's in the aew now right with, with shivani yeah. right so like now he's full time again and from what i the little bit that i've heard but watched i should say and from what i've heard jr is not very good in aew and tony shivani is very good in yeah. aew but see i don't think that the criticisms of shivani 
in the 90s are all together valid in terms of the hyperbole because every announcer does that for every you know greatest night in the history of our sport how many times did gorilla use hyperbole you know how many times did jr say slobber knocker well that's the other thing right jr had his share of quirks and annoying things that he did by god yeah. and like all that stuff and always calling SOB <laughs> yeah. every time business has picked up and yeah. all that and always calling edge christian which really annoyed I me i totally forgot about that he always did it <laughs> happened way too much well i mean Gorilla it still also happens. gets people backwards all the time, but, too. But that's what I mean. Like, everyone does it. I mean, Vince McMahon, you want to talk about Id- idiosyncrasies on commentary. Tony Schiavone's greatest strength was that he always called it like it really fucking mattered. Yeah, like it was a real sport. And yeah. when it didn't matter, he would pal around with whomever, you know, whether it was Bobby or Jesse. Tanay. Yeah, or Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I, no one, listen. Mongo. I, yeah, Mongo was great. I can't fault anyone for not making Larry Zabisco sound competent. You know what I mean? It's, that's not Tony Schiavone's fault. Because remember they did the first hour in Nitro forever and it was like, can we count down to Bobby Heenan, please? Where is he? <laughs> like, do we need Larry? <laughs> we know the stench of the new world odor. Remember at the beginning how it was just Tony and stupid Larry? Like, yes. it was very annoying. It was horrible. I hated the first hour in Nitro because it, of It was that. frustrating because all they had to do was not have Larry there and it would be fine. <laughs> I would greatly enjoy my Laparka matches and all that shit. Right. Like you know, you know, first hour stuff. Right. <laughs> and one of the great things too about Shivani is he has some some really good calls. One of my favorite ones, and it's probably pretty well known, is when Lex Luger won the title on Nitro. From Hulk Hogan on yeah, Nitro. That shit was good. And Luger won the title. Like the way he sells that this is fucking important. Or obviously when Hulk Hogan turns heel. Yep. And the way he re- Oh my God. You know, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell, all that stuff. Well, it was so funny, the, all of their reactions right. during that time. Oh too. my God, Dusty and everything. And Even Bobby. I told you <laughs> for years. Like, Very much Bobby about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another thing. The three-man team of Tony, Dusty, and Bobby when they were like the Holy, pay-per-view that team. That shit was like, that was like primo shit. It that, was. that was like chef's kiss, like. That's my favorite WCW commentary team. Like, without question. I love the three of them together. Because it's like Dusty acting insane. (laughs) Bobby acting insane. And then Tony's like kind of the ref. Like it's, it's wonderful. And people have accused Tony of like not not bantering and stuff. He's always bantering. Oh yeah, he always takes. No, it. Like, you know, you know when you get does. to really see the fun Tony is like on those like on sea shows like worldwide and shit. Worldwide, where him and Bobby sometimes. are just like whatevering. Oh god, like you know it's like filmed at like I don't know like eleven in the morning, <laughs> yeah. like eleven a.m. on a Tuesday. On a t- yeah, like in the middle of the week, <laughs> right? And it's like bo- Bobby just saying whatever the fuck is on his mind. <laughs> yep. Tony sometimes just straight up laughing. Oh, I love like, that because it's just ridiculous. He makes him laugh audibly like a lot in yeah. the night. Too, a, a lot on the C shows. That's where you have to find it because he won't do that shit on Nitro. No, you don't do it on live TV. You do yeah. your best, right? And uh, in WWF, Tony Schiavone, even though his run was really short, I gotta say, if you recall, like we talked about SummerSlam '89, what about the way he handles the Hogan Warrior confrontation at Royal Rumble '90 with Jazz? Remember? Oh my God! Yeah, when it's just Hogan and no, Warrior. He's very good. Look at this! My God! Hulk Hogan and the Warrior. There is not a person sitting down. That's the thing. And I don't have his. I don't know what it is about his WWF run. I feel like my memories aren't as strong. 
Like, well, may, they're not like something that like sticks with me all the time. Here's what he did in the WWF. He did those only those two pay per views, right. SummerSlam '89 and Rumble '90. He did challenge with a, well, first he, he, he like butted in to girl on Bobby and right, Bobby. Bobby yeah. There's the infamous like Bobby Tony Baloney or whatever. Yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, he's a geek. Yeah, I don't like. I hate him. <laughs> that that clip that always survived everything because it's just really funny. It is funny. It's very, it's very Bobby. Yep. I don't like him. So that means the guy's out. You I don't hate like him. him. How's that? I hate him. I can't stand oh, him. Well, well obviously you have to see a lot more. He's of a him creep. Then. He's a geek. We'll have to see a whole lot more of him. Then. I don't like you either. How do you well, like that? And then he was a team with Gorilla on Challenge for a while, and they were good together. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I still, again, I love how that worked into the storyline of like Bobby kind of getting kicked off everything because he yep. was because he had gone too far recently <laughs> yep. with all that shit with like Terry Taylor and yep. everything. Yep. And he was a great. Uh, Shivani was a great house show announcer. He picked up the MSGs and and uh, Nassau mm. and things like that in '89. With Lord Hayes, and they are an underrated, and I don't throw that word around, check out the Lord Hayes-Tony Schiavone <laughs> duo from, like, the MSG shows in Boston in the 89. Welcome, everybody, to Madison Square Garden. Tony Schiavone and Lord Albert Hayes, the World Wrestling Federation here tonight, and what an exciting event we have. They are so pleasant to listen to. And I think that's Lord Hayes can Go be ahead. good in, 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 the right, in the right setting. Like, Get him off pay per view. Yeah, he should never be on pay per view. He should never be on anything important. Right. But like, if it's Coliseum video and nothing matters, <laughs> it's like here's the fan favorite earthquake versus nobody warrior. match. Yeah, warrior. No, that happened. I didn't ask for that. Okay, <laughs> but okay, but little Billy from Wisconsin did. So I guess we're going to watch this now, and Lord Hayes is going to talk about it. Oh, this is why Wisconsin has a cheesehead. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Shivani and, and Lord are a really good team, and I encourage you, if you haven't heard them in a while, check them out, really, because they're really fun. And like you said, um, as long as Lord's not on something important, he's fine. It's weird. <laughs> he gets, like, nervous. <laughs> I know. Hey, WrestleMania If we seven. could get the, you know, honestly, the most, the, mo- <laughs> the most, like, concise Lord Hayes ever is that, like, really Healy one on AWF, weirdly. Yes. Because he's, like, very focused on what he's doing. He's very grouchy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's good. Shivani, one of his greatest strengths, like I said, is his voice. And if you're going to like an announcer, I think a voice is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I actually much prefer Shivani's style to the JR yelling. I agree. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think JR's good. I think JR, though, had a prime that was short. And I'm not one of those people that tries to like diminish someone's accomplishments because obviously JR is a very good announcer. It's from right? after the heel turn till yeah. about like 2001 or something. That's what I've always said. Oh, one, oh, two, you know, and before that, you kind of had Gordon Soley version mm-hmm. of JR, like NWA JR. And I like him too. But Shivani, though, from the mid 80s until the end of WCW was pretty much the same. Yeah, he I was- would say so. There is a there is like a change about the early nineties, I wanna say. It's like this more modern more, style of Shivani. More sports entertainment style, yeah, honestly. Exactly. Yeah, after he after he comes back to WCW. And I'm not gonna fault anyone for having a hard time making sense of what the fuck was going on on commentary in 99 or 2000 because the announcers didn't know half the time. It's like I always say about WCW. Here's the thing that you always have to remember about 99 and 2000 in general when you refer to WCW. Those are the two worst years in their history. Yeah. And just because it, it ended, it's not fair to say like the whole company was always like that. Right. Of course. Like a lot of people, I think that's the, the stupid thing that's happened over the years is that people are like, oh, it's always bad. 
like it was in 1999, see 99, 2000. WCW was always like that. Those are just awful years for that company. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just it's bad two years. WWF's had two bad years in a row before. WWF's 99 did great business, but if the television program doesn't really, like, I don't like watching it now. So that's why it's like frustrating to see people judge Shivani off like, he was with the company forever, and yeah. of course he's going to be there during the two bad years yeah. that it, it it was bad. And one of the things to his credit is that he was every bit, I think, as integral to the to the whole ambiance of the Monday Night Wars as JR and King were over on yeah. Raw. I think Tony Schiavone, it would not have been the same without Tony Schiavone. Who are you going to put in the lead spot? Who did yeah. they have that was better than him? Nobody. Seriously, Mike, today, hi, welcome to Nitro, like as the lead guy. Who is it? They, it seemed like that guy with the bald guy, they wanted him to be the... <laughs> the, the, the top guy after Scott Shimon. Hudson. Yeah, he stunk. He was okay, he's but very worldwide. He sounded too smarky or something, right? Like, oh, he would always, <laughs> especially on the C shows, yeah, he would like, like really oh, remark. Oh, shoot interview! Like, he's like, shut, shut, up. shut up! Stop telling us dirt sheet shit on, on like legitimate programming. Most of the fans are sitting at home in the back of their pickup listening to this, and they're like, "What does that mean?" It's, Sorry, uh, even, but you I, know what I'm, I mean. I'm in the back of my. Basement or whatever, <laughs> watching wrestling as a kid, or not basement. We didn't have a basement when I watched, but you know, my living room. They didn't have basements back in the nineties. Yeah, but not in my house. But anyway, I'm like, what, what is, the what fuck a, is he talking yeah, about? And then when he had like Mark Madden on Nitro and yeah. stuff, ever that, and he's like, I'm edgy. <laughs> I feel like Tony Schiavone wore really fat-looking shirts during that period of time, and I don't know why. Well, that's one thing though. Tony Schiavone like looked annoying in the day, like 2000. They tried to do that to everyone. They're like, look how fun they are. Remember, that's like when that shit started in 1999 and 2000. They're like, no, these guys like to party. They wear Hawaiian shirts and shit. Like, it's like, what is going on here? Like, why don't they wear suits like announcers? Right. Well, I mean, look at King. He doesn't wear no suit. Well, King is like, King is one thing. He's like supposed to be a wrestler, right? True. Ready for action. That's even why Larry can get away with his stupid, like, whatever shirts with with the collar. He's annoying. But because he used to be a wrestler, right? Right. But if you have no wrestling history, you should be wearing a fucking suit. And that's it. At least a dress shirt with a collar, please. Uh, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be wearing untucked Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> In, as a general rule, you shouldn't be yeah, doing that. Unless that was your gimmick when you were an actual wrestler. Please do not do that. Yeah, please don't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so anyway, to sum it up here, I just wanted to give Tony Schiavone some more love and kind of add to the uh, the adulation. I think that has grown for him lately. I really, really, really like listening to him. Yeah. I, I just think no, he's, he's a, excellent. a tremendous announcer. I don't think he's the worst announcer in 99 or 2000. In I'm looking hit- at you, Michael Cole. Is he not the worst announcer in the history of our sport? He is not the worst announcer. He's actually one of the best announcers in the history of our sport. Oh, there you go. So, folks, let us know what you think of Tony Schiavone, some of your favorite calls with his. Do you think any of the criticism is justified? Let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are pulling two more names out of the tank for the Royal Flush of WrestleMania main events. Two out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Flush is coming up right after this. Nobody knows. You know, nobody cares what goes on in here. After a season calling games for the single-A Greensboro Hornets, Shivani took a job calling games for the Charlotte O's minor league team that was owned by members of the Crockett family, which ran Jim Crockett Promotions, one of the top wrestling territories in the country. One of the first things I did when I got to Charlotte, I told Francis, knowing who Francis Crockett was, I said, Francis, you know, I, I can do wrestling. If you guys ever need somebody, I can do it. And I bugged her for a, over a year. And then it kind of happened. She, she brought me in one day. She said, okay. 
they need somebody to do uh, an interview with Ric Flair. And I went, no, really? She said, yes, you're going to go to his house and do an interview with him. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 214, March 8th, 2021. When we mentioned at the top of the show, we'll mention it briefly again. We do have a Patreon. What's the point of it? Um, It's for more content. Extra content. Extra, extra. Read the, all the, about the, it. The P in Patreon stands for plus. <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus ring on. Yes. <laughs> now, if you like us, like we said, we make a Patreon so you can give to us and we give back to you. That's the idea here. There's no ripoff tier. You know what I mean? There's no sock tier or no anything sock, like that. No shirt. No underpants. No smell stuff tier. Yeah, no, no scratch and sniff tier. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, got none of that crap. All we have is two easy tiers. One is $2, and that's the 1983 canon. And don't sleep on that canon because... The best canon. It's like the underground show. It's yeah. the casual OVP underground show that people are slowly catching on to. It's where we go through every single episode of WWF Championship Wrestling. We started in January of 82, and right now we're in October of 83. And the whole point, Quinn, is to get up to the Hulkamania era and beyond. It's probably going to go beyond now. Oh, it'll beyond. It's getting very, very good. Like, let me put it this way. It's getting, it's becoming a real show. It's becoming a real show. It's totally distinct and separate from what we do here. And you can actually get the older ones. Those are being uploaded on a bi-weekly basis. 50 of them now. 50 of them now, Officially 50. To our YouTube channel and also on this normal podcast feed. And the new ones come out every other Friday. It really is a fun time and it's only $2 a month. And if you want everything we offer on Patreon... That's just $5 a month, and that's going to get you the 1983 canon that we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then our other series that we do, it is the pay-per-view review series. We started with the first WrestleMania. Yeah. And right now is SummerSlam 92. We go through every WWF pay-per-view in order. These shows are usually over three hours long. We give it our all, basically. Yeah. And we give you a lot of stuff to listen to. We go through every match. We go, we even star ratings. Very exclusive. Very important. And I can smell the decline coming out. On. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, but people are looking forward to you covering 92 and 93. It's starting to set. I, I always consider wait. SummerSlam 92 the beginning. Well, it's, it's it's beginning. Why don't you begin at patreon.com slash OVP podcast? What I would suggest is if you're at if you're not interested, just hit the skip ahead button right now. It's okay. I'm not offended. Just, you know, hit you the know? extra 15 yeah, seconds or whatever. <laughs> even though I'm talking and now I'm eating up 15 of your seconds. But just do it again if you need yeah. to. Uh, but if you are interested... Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Check it out. We're not going to try to rip you off or anything like that or beg for your money or be desperate or anything. We just like to give you guys extra stuff for supporting us. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. Yes. Guess what? It's time. No, chicken butt. Oh, Oh, no. It's time for the uh, Royal Flush, actually. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Now, (laughs) what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? If you're new around here, I'll explain that to you. Every season before the season starts over on Facebook, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was WrestleMania main events. Hey, it is WrestleMania well, season. you know, it's March. the time when that happens. Yeah, time when that happens. And our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he will take all of your votes and combine them into two separate tanks. One is for the best. Right. That's the Royal Rankings. One is for the worst. That's the Royal Flush. We alternate each week, right? So this is a flush week. What happens is we pull out two at a time, we rank them, and by the end of the season... You will have the definitive certified organic, non-GMO, USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst WrestleMania main events of all time. 
Right now, it's week two, so there's only two names on the board. Let's run down this list for you. At number one, John Cena versus The Miz from WrestleMania 27. Not that bad. Not that bad, but also bad because it ends like, shittily <laughs> with The Rock and all that. Yeah, so. it's really because it sets in motion a bunch of bullshit yeah. that I, I don't care about. It's just a bad way to end a yeah. show. Uh, number two, an awful match, but you know what? It made it to number two because of the moment. The Undertaker finally winning the world title against Finally Sid. ending that. WrestleMania 13, the right. highly regarded yeah. Joe storyline. <laughs> well, it is real. A horrible match, Undertaker said. <laughs> Obviously a terrible match, but... Nah, they needed to end it somehow, right. right? So just so we're clear here, number one is the worst, you know, with the sense. So anyway, those are the two on the board now. We're going to pull two more names out, but before we do that, we have to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time... Lucy's not your dog anymore. And this is Cena! The Undertaker and Psycho Sid for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. What a right hand by Roddy Piper and knocked Mr. T's mouthpiece right out. the royal flush of wrestlemania main events can we uh quinn only two names on there now it's anyone's ball game i don't see mark Bonnie. <laughs> okay quinn, that's gonna be enough of the toilets yeah can we uh, anyone can, can we? be on okay. hey uh <laughs> we're gonna find out the next two quinn we have talked about obviously last week a good wrestlemania main event is one where you really want to see the match, right? There's right, a lot of wanna, interest. You want to see this. You're, you're all ready. You got your uh, snacks ready before right. the show. Your it's popcorn. Like, I, I can't wait for the Hulkster to beat the shit out of this guy right. or whatever. And maybe in some cases, it's the culmination of like a year's worth of storyline. Usually since February. Or, but, or since February. Or it could be um, a case where you really don't know who's going to win. Those are always fun, right? Where yeah. it's like anyone can win this. These are the two best wrestlers. Right. I don't know. That you know? could happen too. Conversely. A bad WrestleMania main event is what? A bad one? Yeah. It, it is a uh, piece of shit that I don't want to watch. Right. Um, I, I don't care about the buildup. Right. I have no interest in the wrestlers involved in it. It stinks. Overall, it stinks. It, overall, it stinks. Now, part of our criteria, but not all of it, is the match quality. But as we explained last week, that's not all. It's it's the getting to the match. Right. Of course, part of our, our criteria is the stinkage, of course. Yeah, there too. is the stinkage factor. <laughs> the, st- uh, <laughs> the stinkage. We never talk about the stinkage factor. We need to talk about the stinkage factor it's more, more. It's very important, the stinkage factor. It is. No, it's very under the radar, the yeah. stinkage factor. And obviously, the two on the board now have their own varying degrees of stinkage factor. Uh, we, we, uh, it's good. It's good. Let's find out who's going to stink it up now. Let's go down to the fans to count us down and find out who drew number three. Can Reigns finally get the combination to put the Undertaker down for the three count and the biggest victory of his WrestleMania career? Quinn. 
Remember when The Undertaker almost retired that one time against Roman Reigns? How, how many times has that happened? Almost retired. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. All right. So, how many, times, how many times has Roman Reigns almost been a man of honor because <laughs> of WrestleMania? Yeah, really. Uh, so, this was WrestleMania 33. I don't know if they were even using the numbers anymore it by that point. This is WrestleMania Dallas thing. No. Star. This- Thing. Is this star? No, this is yeah, Orlando. This, this is Orlando. Oh, this isn't the. Wait a sec. I swore he fought the Undertaker in in the hundred thousand seat nonsense. I mean, it's Orlando. It says this. April second, two thousand seventeen, at Camping World Stadium in, <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> what is this? Nineteen ninety five. Camping World. <laughs> Camping World. At, uh, at Discovery Zone. Yeah. Comma Mustafa. Yeah. Anyway, and Roman Reigns versus the Undertaker is a case here of not being a world title match, but closing out the show, which right. was a, a total reverse course from how they had been for years, where the title must go on last. Well, if it involves Roman Reigns, it's got to be last. It's the most important thing, clearly. And that's what they were really trying to convey during this period of time. And obviously, if you were watching during that period of time, you would know that. And maybe you weren't watching for the same reason. Right. Is Despite his, his undeniable talent, and I like Roman Reigns, there was a case for a couple of years there, I'd say around late 14 until around this time and a little after, where they just kept doing all these things. All the wrong things. All and, the wrong things. Uh, it's just, I don't great know how, way. who was making these decisions. They were bad. Vince McMahon. Possibly, but there was there had to be help, right? It's like somebody, know, Kevin how, did no, how did nobody have a good idea of like... <laughs> what we should do. Like somebody said, Vince, we should do this instead of this. Like that's all, that's all it takes. Hey, Vince has a final say. I mean, they did, they did him no favors with the suffering succotash era. Yes. You are a sniveling little suck up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. This is prime suffering succotash era. It's around that time. It's also, remember when they had like Vince himself had to like wheel his old ass out there and get punched by Reigns in 15 to make people care? It was just a. Remember they got the League of Extraordinary Idiots or whatever? That was great. And that Vince helped them or something? Yeah, and Rusev stole them on it, like we always say. But by the time we hit 17, Roman Reigns is, we're still in an era where they still have to turn the crowd noise down when he wins (sighs) a big thing. And it's so embarrassing. I feel bad for them for Joe Leakey or whatever. I feel bad for the Leakey. Yeah. Yeah. He's just doing what they want him to do. It's not like it's his fault. But the fans Who are I like, don't have sympathy for is whoever's writing this crap. <laughs> right. Like, what what the fuck? That's like, he's got talent. Why are you what are you doing? Like, why does everyone hate him? And you know a great way to get to really get him over his face? Have him beat the Undertaker. Oh, that's what everybody <laughs> wants, right? I mean, first of all, the streak already ended, so yeah, it kind of so didn't now, fucking matter anymore. Now the Undertaker can lose at WrestleMania, basically, But now right? it doesn't mean anything. Here's the weird part it about a little, giving it to Brock Lesnar or whatever. Is yeah. it, if you think about it at the time, yeah. he didn't need it as much as fucking Roman Reigns did. They should have done it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, that's a fair point, actually. But it did a lot for Brock, though, Quinn. True. You can't deny that. Not saying it didn't. But obviously by... Um, by 2017, The Undertaker was pretty much wrestling once or twice a year. Oh, we yeah. were in that era. But he's got powers, so that's fine. I and always is, say that. Yeah, and he's obviously almost 51, 52 years old. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and from what I understand, he was not, The Undertaker was not happy with his own performance during this match. Oh, yeah. He has said that. Roman Reigns is fine. Yeah. Again, it's not an indictment of the man, but like you said, no sympathy for the way they were writing this shit. 
you know, what what are we doing here? I just remember the end of it and there was like pyro and everyone was booing, but you could tell they were like changed. Like, because you saw like, if if they were really excited, right? Everyone would be jumping up and down with their hands up. And (laughs) there's people like walking out the door in the back. Like, it's like, and and all you hear is, yeah, I know. Like, it's like, wait, what? And like, you you can clearly see nobody gives it. Some people are literally booing (laughs) and there's like cheers over it. Some people are sleeping. I'm not kidding. Like, literally thumbs down, (laughs) like in the air. And lots of them. Into the heart of the Undertaker, and Roman Reigns has defeated the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Here is your winner, spear. Roman Reigns. I got what a physical matchup. Arguably the greatest win of Roman Reigns' career. Maybe the greatest win of Roman Reigns' career 20 years from now, 100 years from now. You know how it's embarrassing uh, when you look back at the 92 Rumble and how they redid every every bit it's of the that commentary kind for of that? cringe, except they did it live. Yeah, <laughs> and they were just immediately, as soon as Roman, this happened at several pay-per-views, yeah. as soon as Roman would either enter or win, they had to immediately cra- turn the crowd noise down. <laughs> it's sad because he's supposed to be a face and they didn't just run with it. You know yeah. what I mean? They should have ran with the heel reaction. They should have just ran with that. What were they thinking? It's crazy. It turned people off. It's crazy. You know what I always say, right? Yeah. I think part of this, and I think we'll look back at this, and I think this will be more of a statement people will understand as the years go by, right? Go ahead, Michael. I think that the real reason when it was very clear that nobody liked him, that yeah. they didn't turn him heel, is because if you recall the previous super face they were trying to build, John Cena, yeah, they've always refused to turn him heel. Like that was yeah. out of their plan, right? Like they were like, True. that will never happen. And I think they were applying the same exact logic to Roman Reigns. And I think that was the problem is the John Cena logic. John Cena's Teflon. You could boo him and he'll smile and people will be like, eh, we love him anyway. What the fuck? He you just know, like, through attrition, he earned a lot of people's respect. Exactly. Like Roman Reigns, on the other hand, he didn't have that. He didn't have this like everything rolls off of him Teflon no. that John Cena has for whatever reason. He didn't. The other thing is Roman was never properly face before this happened where he was like really over or whatever True, yeah like it was only for like a month or something because <laughs> like the royal rumble it was very brief and then they're like no you're the number one face now and everyone's like okay just slow it down we liked him but yeah. like not that much <laughs> but then when the rumble 15 happened it was all downhill for him and yeah. like almost none of it is his fault it's, it's just the so, way they did it it's so frustrating because people cheered him like once it's because they didn't want Batista to win. Right. And it had nothing to do with him. It was he was like a proxy for Daniel Bryan. That's true. Now, let me ask you a question. The match itself, it's actually fine. I remember not hating it. It's mm-hmm. long-ish. It's like 20-something minutes. It's fine. Not horrible. Why do you think this made the list? Because to me, this was like a big low point for the like, why are they doing this? Right. Like what like it it was just so disappointing. Like it was just like banging your head against the wall and you're like, Everyone knows this is wrong. It, you don't have to be some smark, right? Right. When every single person in the fucking arena is booing him and he's a face, everyone. And there's right. like 60,000 people there or whatever at Camping World. Se- like, 75. 75,000. Like when all of these people are booing him, you're doing it wrong. Like, listen, there should at least be kids in the crowd or something with Roman Reigns SWAT gear on. I don't know. There are like, probably some. 
maybe. I don't know if he sold merch like John Cena did. He didn't. That was like very notable did. at the yeah, time. Right. Like people would compare. Like it, they were like, if he's supposed to be the next Cena, why is he not selling John right. Cena merch? Yeah, that's why John Cena could. Oh, that's why partially why John Cena was Teflon to begin with, and that's why he never turned heel. Right, because he didn't want to lose that. You know, yeah. it's a business decision, not a creative yeah. one. Yeah. So you think it was more along the lines of. This is a long-ass WrestleMania. This is during that era when yeah, that started. We're probably at hour five or six at this point. Honestly, probably. We've sat through a bunch of matches, some of which are, are fine, and we have The Undertaker, who is old, Yeah, and he has already lost, and they're closing the show. And like you said, when everyone's booing him, and they're trying to make this big moment, like he's defeated The Undertaker, Undertaker is leaving his hat or whatever in the yeah. ring or whatever bullshit. I am not here for uh, another year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that ended up being. That's all it or was. Or maybe it was like two years or something. It wasn't that long, though. He did take like a year break after one of them. I don't remember. He did. So you're saying, what are they doing, basically, right? Because yeah. this is WrestleMania. I mean, historically, something that people like is supposed to end WrestleMania, yeah. right? I mean, overall, that's generally what it was. What I remember is analytical videos being made not about Roman Reigns, but The Undertaker after this. Nobody really? cared about any... Yeah, there's like a really good one by um, like Super Eyepatch Wolf. His, he has like this <gasps> whole... He's very good, but he tells this like analytical, like this is the end of an era for the taker. And he goes through like, you would love this because he goes through the taker's entire history and what led oh. up to like the hat drop at the end of the Roman match. Right. And like, it's very fun. Uh, I'm going to run down the card. We have three pre-show matches here. It was Neville versus Austin Aries. God, Never him. How Never long ago does that feel like? Right? Yeah. Well, um, Neville, he's still around in the AEW, yeah. right? As Pack. Packy, Packy, yeah, <laughs> yeah pack, Packy, Packy. Mojo Rawley won the uh, Andre the Giant battle. He did. <laughs> no, I remember that. Remember because they they wanted that Andre thing to be a big deal, and, and no it never one, never was. After the first one that Cesaro won, no one cared. Remember it was for a while. It was just like in Big Show, just when it <laughs> he did he's his son. And remember then he, and he posed it. next to it, yeah, just exactly. like Andre. It was great because he's Paul Rusimov. Paul Rusimov, that's his name. Dean Ambrose yes. defeated Baron Corbin for the like he was the IC champion. Dean, what? What a memorable Does any of this matter match. This is the problem with wasn't these WrestleMania. Corbin wasn't even on the fucking show too. Yeah, it's on the pre-show. Wait, hi, I'm Renee Young. Welcome to the kickoff. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me Dean Ambrose, one of their like top stars, yeah. not even on the fucking show. Yeah. Well, he's not there anymore for a reason, I guess. What right? is that decision? This was a weird time. We uh, have a two-hour pre-show to fill. Like, yeah. that's what that is. What? No one asked for that. <laughs> yeah, just don't put it on until it's time. Like, what is the issue? <laughs> like, yeah, like, what are they, making them start early? I, part of me always wonders if, like, they're like, well, fuck, it was expensive to rent this gigantic arena out. We might as well get the most hours <laughs> we can out of it, right? You know, I mean, yeah. honestly, probably. Then in the show proper, in a 20-minute opener, AJ Styles defeated Shane McMahon. That wasn't bad. I Shut don't up. remember that being horrible. <laughs> Shut up. Um, the champion, Chris Jericho, the U.S. champion, in case right. you lose track. United States. He lost to Kevin Owens. Cool. Uh, that was great. But <laughs> Fatal four-way for the Raw Women's Championship. Bailey, the champion. Is this the good one? No. Defeated Charlotte. Okay. Nia Jax. Oh. And Sasha Banks. We give you thanks. And, <laughs> and, and, remember that? Yeah, I do. Fatal Man, why was Nia Jackson that shit? What? Why didn't they put the, the I, Becky Lynch in I there? I don't know. Okay. Fatal four-way tag team ladder match. Yeah, that's on overkill. Uh, the Hardys <laughs> defeated Gallows and Anderson, Cesaro and Sheamus, who were very good teams. Is this the one where the Hardys came back? I think that's what this is. I think it was it like is. the big surprise. I ever. think it is. That was the one of the best parts of the whole show, if I recall, because it was very surprising. I wasn't happy. 
I, I, I don't need to see them. Anyway, and Enzo and Cass. Remember them? God. They Remember everyone's like, they're the new New Age Outlaws. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking I about? I was into it for the like NXT. Like and then once. They, they, they did the usual, like I was saying the other day, where like they come to WF and they're bad. Well, they like, weren't you know, like good, every time, but they weren't good, really. Yeah, they were fun to begin NXT. with. Yeah, because that's in front of four hundred people, exactly drinking. You yeah. know, uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella defeated the Miz and Maurice. Right, that was the I love you, yeah. Nikki. <laughs> Maybe we'll get married. Not like, Seth Rollins defeated Triple H in a non-sanctioned match. Cool. Is that Triple H trying to be the main event as usual? Twenty-five minutes. Is that necessary? Isn't this show long enough? Do we need this? Well, we rented the arena out for the whole day. <laughs> Bray Wyatt lost the WWE Championship to Randy Orton. That was weird. I know. I remember that. Anytime Randy Orton like wins the world title, like since like for a while now, yeah, like, he, he won it it's recently, and I was like, weird. "This is weird." Like, why is Randy Orton the okay? The fact that you can say. Any time he wins it because it happens so frequently. Like they just like what toss it off to him like for like a month usually. Yeah. Like that's their new thing. That's like their ra- that's the Randy Orton gimmick. He kind of lurks around. Yeah, and then he maybe he wins the world title. Maybe. Brock Lesnar defeated Goldberg. Yeah, good. Remember that in like five Gold minutes. And the six-pack challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What is, what is the British Bulldog in this with the <laughs> jeans? Woof, woof. Anytime you say six pack, that's all I think of. <laughs> Naomi right. defeated uh, Alexa Bliss, who was a champion. Right. Becky Lunch. Carmella. Oh, that's where lunch is. <laughs> yeah, that's where lunch is. Carmella, who had James Ellsworth with her. How many gimmicks where she has a guy that's like weird with her? Shitty, you mean? Yeah. I don't know. All of them. Mickey James and Natalia. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously Roman versus The Undertaker. This stung. What a shitty. Anyway, <laughs> and so it's all cap, all this crap. I'm surprised Triple H didn't put himself in the main event on that one. Well, he did give himself the longest match. Well, I don't know who gave it was to him. Was that the pseudo main event, possibly? I don't know what the problem was. Seth yeah. was like mad at him because I can never keep track. Authority who, or Yeah, something. I don't like you now. Yeah. Stinks. It's all bad. This has stink factors. Yeah. Stinkage. This has a lot of stinkage. This is shitty. Okay. Well, Enough. Next. I don't want to do any more of this. All right. Yeah. Let's find out. That who- made you all sad. <laughs> it's huh? shitty. Yeah. Find out who drew number four. The pedigree, the sledgehammer, the fist, the pedigree, the three, and the game beats Randy Orton. Speaking of Randy Orton and Triple H, <laughs> Wrestle 25 when inexplicably in the main event, yes. uh, Triple H retained his title. <laughs> against Randy Orton. I, I, I don't know what to say with Triple H. He's just... His only- God, he's so annoying at wrestling. Like, and it's not even like... Listen, because sometimes he's a face. That's why I can't he say it's not even here. like a heel thing. No, he's a face it's here. It's just like... Uh, he, he just won't stop horning into the main event. Like, he won't stop it. Here we go, right? With Triple H. This is what I have to say about him. He is an excellent... Upper mid-card wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he is so often in the main event when no one cares. Yep. WrestleMania 18 being a prime example we of that. We just had this, yeah. So this is the show, obviously, folks, that has one of the best WWF WrestleMania matches, maybe matches ever, uh, that Quinn didn't fight hard for enough. And that, of Should course, be number one. <laughs> Undertaker versus Shawn Nichols. 
Yeah, you know, great I, match. It was seriously a really good match. I'm not being funny Clearly about that. Clearly the best match on this card by a like a wide margin and main event caliber because it's got top stars in it. Yeah, and that's why we allowed it into the voting and enough right, people yeah. voted for it. However, what closed the show that night at WrestleMania 25? Because this is very important. Yeah. <laughs> Very, it's much more important than Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Was the uh, WWF champion Triple H winning uh, against of Randy Orton? Yeah. Now, big triumphant moment. <laughs> to be fair, the build up, the build up was great for was this. Was really, really good. I love. <laughs> to me, this includes the funniest shit ever. With the whole like, they built essentially a fake house for Triple H to break into or whatever. And first, Orton broke into yeah, someone's in, house, into right? Another uh, Triple H's fake house. And like, remember, it looked yeah. like, you know, I swear Triple H's house, and maybe this is just my memory or whatever, but I swear it looked like the In Your House house. It kind of did. It that, wasn't like, really, were though. to assume Triple H and Stephanie live in essentially a replica of the 1995 In Your House house. Would it surprise you? Yeah. No. My dad bought it. Oh, my dad. Reminds me of being a kid. Reminds me of my friend, Andre the Giant. Yeah. (laughs) You'll figure it out. You'll give me an opponent. Put me in a battle royal. Somehow, you'll do it. You'll give me, award me the title. I don't, wait, stop. Samantha, don't get the door. One of the great things about this buildup, I remember, is this is in the earlier stages of where Orton was the, um, what do they call him? The Cobra, the Venom, the Viper. The Viper. The Viper. Some yeah. kind of snake, right? He went from being the legend killer to the Viper. Right. So we're way past the, hey, nothing. Yeah, that music's gone. We're into the punt era. Yeah. He's very punty. It's, it, oh, it's punty. And he does a lot of punting here yeah. to Vince himself. Did he punt Mae Young ever? That, I feel like that happened. She'd be like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, do, do it. it. Hard, as hard as you can. Yep. I'm, I don't it, fucking I'm give like a shit. 90. She's like the Betty White of the WWF <laughs> in a good way. She'll take any prat She doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. So Orton was punting a bunch of people. And, you know, that's a mean thing to do. I'm not going to lie. Like, you no. shouldn't just be kicking people in the head. I feel like somebody went into a WF ring in the back or whatever, you know, like one of their test rings. Test and they, rings. And they had Orton just do the most despicable moves possible, and they just picked the best one. And Maybe. probably that's where they got the punt from. The punt was a good move, right? Yeah. Now, here's the problem. Randy Orton's a good heel. Yeah. His promos... That is do- one of his strengths in his, his whole career. His promos during this period of time are intentionally slow and they piss you off right and they're, and they're skeevy too yeah. like he's very creepy he's a good and heel. disgusting and you're like i hate this guy here's a problem triple h's promos uh, are slow uh, yeah. and how do you and this is a legitimate question how do you have sympathy for triple h as a face who gives a shit about Triple H? It's always the, I hate to it's say always that. the issue when, <laughs> when he's a okay, face. So this is why I think you were supposed to hate Randy Orton more for some reason. Even though because he did like something to Stephanie. But who cares about Stephanie? The problem is, is Stephanie's character also is generally an asshole. Right. And like, so is Vince. Yes. Vince so, always gets beat up. So it's like, well, Orton crossed the line, right? Yeah, but he didn't. But at the same time, you're like, well, Orton's a fucking crazy person. Like, right. it, Triple H is a narcissist. And right. Stephanie's just a jerk. We, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what? Like, who cares? Who cares what happens to any of them? Do we not remember Austin beating up Vince on like a bi weekly basis? Yeah. Like, no one feels bad for in Vince a weird getting way, beat up. In a weird way, you want to root 
for the crazy person over the two people who are intentionally assholes in the storyline. Well, yeah, and also like, Triple H is the reigning champion, so it's like, can we just get that belt off of him? Yeah. And I remember we watched this. We were watching wrestling during the time when we watched this Wrestle 25, and after seeing The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, which they had to know was going to blow everything out of the water. It was like... Are they new? It was like <laughs> preordained that it was going to be good. At, yeah. the, at a bare minimum, it was going to be good, right? right. Like Because it just could not be. It's Shawn and The Undertaker, But then right? it just was like, even better than good, right? right? So now you're in this situation. It's a predicament. You're like, it's the end of the show, and there's, you know, obviously they got to fit in whatever stupid battle royal or nonsense afterwards. Well, I'll run down the card shortly, yeah. but yeah. And then we get to this, and and Triple H wins, and really, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And you know what the worst thing is? Whether the guy you want to win or not wins at the end of a WrestleMania, the worst is just no one caring. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, like, I don't mind if who wins, whatever. Right, right. Like, yeah. But, like, WrestleMania 18, coincidentally involving Triple H and Jericho for they, another title match no one cared about. The usual. They just did not know how to book Triple H as a face. Yeah. It's always, like, something with his family or his dog. or Who cares? He's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you should never feel bad for that character. Right, he like, should. He's a great heel. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, even the version of Triple H that everyone hates... You hate him because he's a heel. Joe, if you if you really like that, I'm I'm just thinking ahead now. Imagine in like five years or whatever, Triple yeah. H is like, I don't want to wrestle anymore, right? Five years, <laughs> whatever. It's like fifty two now. Whatever it is, whenever he retires, right? Yeah, never. Could you imagine the fucking revelatory oh, fucking like retirement match? Leave the memories. Like he'll try to like copy the Ric Flair thing and. You know, he'll have all his stupid oh, no. friends come out and congratulate how good he was as a great mid Carter his whole life or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like a fucking, I don't know, wild man Mark Merrill will shake his hand. Like, all I this, was your first opponent. Yeah, man. it's like, like all this nonsense. Like, Ric Flair tells him he's good or whatever. Like, you're it, better it, than me. Like, this will happen and this will take over the main event of WrestleMania 400 or whatever it is, right? It's like, this will all happen. Michael Cole will still be there. One of the greatest of all time, This is you know? vintage Triple H, <laughs> like when, like, I don't know, like, Mankind shakes his hand. Vintage! This will happen. Corey Graves will be there trying to say something funny yeah. and failing. Listen, here's the thing about Triple H, just one, one last regurgitation on him. I, I really do. It's funny that this is an indictment of Triple H and not Randy Orton. Orton's fine here. He's fine here. He is. He's great in that. When he breaks into his house. He's ten years younger or more than Triple H. He's here. in his prime. Yes. He's not even in his prime. He's like in his pre-prime. Pre-prime I know because it's like he's so young and he's like twenty eight. Good. Yeah. Like <laughs> Triple H is a good wrestler. Don't like really. Don't get me wrong. I really do think he's good. He can put on a good match. My main problem with Triple H's stuff is I never care about it when he's a face. No. When he's a heel. It's a lot easier to get invested because you want to just see him get his ass kicked. Yeah. Like, you know what? Here's a good example of like a good Triple H heel WrestleMania match. I love the one where he fights Daniel Bryan at 30, like in the opener. Yeah, right. That right. shit's great. Because he comes out with like this bombastic he's a big entrance. Douche. Yeah. And then on top of it, like Stephanie's acting like he's good. <laughs> yeah. Like she's got this, like, that's when she like had the matching douchey outfit, yep. like with Triple H. Yes. And they continued that gimmick. And it was like, you guys get it now. It's like, we hate him. Yeah. Like, we don't want to do, like him. Just do that. Like, right. it's like, have Stephanie come out like a pompous 
fuck? Like a saying butthole? like Triple H is the king of right. kings, like throw, throw it in our fucking yep. like she announces it. Yep. That's good, Triple H. Or what about when they team up to take on Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey? Exactly. That was some shit out of like 1989 Saturday Night's main event or in a good way. The other one where Triple H had the throne with the skeleton thing on yes, and like skeleton. Stephanie came out in like a leather whatever <laughs> yeah. and she was like he is the glorious king of wrestling and he's so good and he's better than Shawn Michaels and every fucking wrestler that ever exists there's nobody better it's Triple H and you're just like fuck <laughs> and his entrances are like 17 minutes like on Sasha purpose. Banks and, and, and Charlotte in masks are like crawling on his chest like it's like you're like I hate this man right that is Perfect. So listen, Triple H is great, and all of these matches have one thing in common: they're not the main event. Yeah. We just mentioned. Get him away from the main event. We've ex- we figured out Triple H <laughs> yeah. in this Royal Flush this week. We figured it all out. You know, the only time I like him as a face in the later run, I'm talking like post 2000. The only time is when he's not in the main event and he's in DX with Shawn Michaels, and they're just leaving everyone alone. Yeah, that's okay. They're messing around with Hornswoggle, <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Like right? go in the midget world and all that. <laughs> So why did this make it, Quinn? I don't know because it's honestly, I don't. Bad. This is this isn't end, that bad. Of all the Triple H annoyances in my life, this is one of the least ones. It's is it underwhelming? Is there any whelm? I guess maybe because Triple H won again. Like <laughs> well, really, he got a, a world title WrestleMania. I just mean to say that you know, I have a, Randy a Orton candy in my mouth. Randy Orton is a much younger and more vibrant wrestler at this time. Yeah, but they don't care about that. No nine. Yeah, oh, eight, yeah, I guess oh, nine, not. You know, um, is this post DX babies? Like, that's what this is, right? It's post the first time at DX Babies, yeah. Yeah, okay. By the way, I recommend C. Howard's Violet Candies. Don't stop talking about that. They're delicious. Anyway, is that it for the... I don't care anymore. Yeah, we're done. We can we can rank. It's the flush, folks. I mean... I said my piece. This is a piece, all right. Let's run it down for you. Number one is Miz and Cena. Okay. And two is Undertaker versus Sid, okay? Okay. Uh, so starting with Roman Ryhans, yeah. <laughs> Roman Re- Brad, Brad Ryhans, Brad Ryan versus the Undertaker, Ronald Reigns. <laughs> I think that Undertaker versus Roman is the best wrestling match so far here. It's of better these than Miss Cena, yeah, yes, it's definitely the, better than Undertaker Stid. Yeah, but it has like the crowd. If I recall during this show, the crowd is booing like even everything during them. They're they like him. they like ruin it. Like, they it's like him. any good wrestling that's occurring, it doesn't matter because no. any offense from Roman Reigns is, Boo! Yeah, and then they have to turn, turn the mic down. Like, yeah, it's it, real. And then yeah. Cole has to act like it's important. That's the other problem. The commentators sound so odd during these matches. They, where they sound have to removed turn. from reality. Yep, because the crowd is down and they're like, Roman Reigns, with big right hands on The Undertaker. And all you hear is like, yeah. That's weird. This is the main event of WrestleMania. This is and an the audio. Pissed. This is an audio person's nightmare to listen to. Yeah. Reigns strong knees into the face of the Undertaker. But that said, though, Quinn, it is a better wrestling match than either of the other two. Right. However, as important as that moment is supposed to be with Roman winning, mm-hmm. I don't think that stacks up to Undertaker. Sid, at least Undertaker won the world title. That's what do true. you think, moment-wise here? Like, where do you think it should be? I'll just ask you flat out. Where do you think this match should be? I don't think it's worse than Miss Cena for whatever reason. I think people really, I can understand the hate for that. You just because, just because it was like it was a curveball, but in like nobody wanted either. Like, I think that's also the. I think that's yeah. part of it. It's like yeah, it's a curveball, and we said it was a curveball, and that's fine and all. But it's also a curveball. It's like nobody's asking for that curveball. Nobody was asking for the extension 
of Miz versus John Cena for another month or whatever. True. Nobody was asking for The Rock to get the fuck involved in that shit. That is weird, isn't like, it? I don't WrestleMania know. So that way. I'd say it goes in between. So you think it's worse than Undertaker Sick because of the moment of Undertaker Sick? It Sid. sucks. Okay. It's just like, it's peak like it's not peak it's like one of the lowest of lows in roman reigns career it is and it's like it's like it's like almost rock bottom like you know what i mean i'm just like man we are really doing this wrong like this is like really fucking horrible so we're giving credit to the match yeah as a good match it's not that bad but everything else surrounding it is just like what are they doing it's (laughs) it's like an inflection point where he realized something we got to do something else like this is this is like to me when it started also was like the Remember there was like a period of time where Romans was com- completely like down pushed out of the main event. Yeah. Like, and people were just like, we don't care about this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like, they just were doing anything else but Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns existed like in the mid card. Oh yeah, for, for like, a while. two years or something. Didn't he have a mid card belt for a while or yeah, something Yeah, like they that? were just like, we are not, this is not working. At least they were smart about yeah, that. Yeah. They is, pulled him out. It's just weird. They didn't just turn him fucking heel immediately after this and just like they just do, didn't because it was so it would have been so easy to reverse it but instead oh, yeah. they were like no we're gonna figure out how to make this face thing work and we're gonna rework it in the mid car like weird, it was like what it? are we doing here like it doesn't work period what yeah. is the issue like they they didn't hit upon it until much more recently when they had him take off the stupid vest get him paul Heyman, turn him heel and he yeah. became tr- tremendous like like we kind of wanted him to be like we knew he would be this you know what the whole thing is that they it's like they didn't realize it was like all he had to do, because I guarantee you this is what's going to happen in the long term. Yeah. All you got to do is turn him heel for like a year. Yeah. And then he'll be faced forever. Kind of. That usually happens, right? Like, I don't understand why that's such a hard concept to I figure out. Know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is just a very bad time for WrestleMania yeah. main events. This yeah. is a bad time for Roman Reigns. Not really his fault, but I'll agree with you, Quinn. I think that Undertaker Sid moves down to number three because, again, the match is crap. Like, yeah. you don't oh, need it's to, dumb. It's really bad, but. At least Undertaker finally wins the world title back. It's very exciting. And that's a proper WrestleMania ending, right? Yeah. The face wins the title to close the show. Right. right. Triple horse, Randy Orn. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think this is bad at all. I think it should be at number four. I'm right there with you. Listen, of the Triple H horns his way into the main event, main yeah. events. Yep. This is like, this, I didn't really care. This like, is the this most is, forgivable, I think. This isn't because, that bad. I think it, I think it's because both of them were like at a point where like it's fine. I think they're victims of how good Undertaker and Sean were. Well, that's the other because thing. Because here's the thing, on paper, right? If you're just looking at this on paper and you you're Vince McMahon or whoever's in charge, maybe maybe Vince McMahon isn't directly, maybe it's a little hands off, right? Or it's a right. committee for WrestleMania, right? Right. Whatever, whoever's fucking making the decisions. <laughs> you look on paper and you're saying, "Man, we got four good fucking wrestlers here." Yep. What's the What's to say, like, you know, honestly, they could look at it and they say, it's a coin toss. What's to say Triple H versus Orton isn't better than Sean? And, yeah. And, and I mean, going into the show. Well, because right? the, the feud had a lot of heat. Right. And the the only problem with it is this match and where it was and, and it followed, you know, Sean Undertaker. If it was reversed, you would say Triple H versus Orton was a, like, a very a really, memorable WrestleMania a, match. A really good, you know, well-regarded match. I want to run down the card real quick just to, before we finalize that. The pre-show of this one, this is only a nine-match card. Oh, boy. The pre-show is... Well, good. Only yeah, nine matches. They were still reasonable here. Uh, Carlito and Primo Colon defeated Miz and Morrison in a lumberjack 
match to unify the WWE and World Tag Team titles. Oh, that's titles. when they still had 100. Remember the tag titles weirdly like remained split for a long time? Yeah. Like way after. The way point. after. Yeah, it was like very odd. CM Punk won the Money in the Bank. Remember yeah. that one? I remember no, I him remember holding the briefcase up. Just Is that like, what led to the like... No, that's something else. It was else. a while later. Yeah. Uh, here's who was in that to refresh everyone's memory. Christian. Mm-hmm. Finley. Still there. <laughs> Amazing. Kane. Of course. Well, he's always there. Kofi Kingston makes sense. He was always in those. They always rats. stuck him in there. Yeah. Uh, Mark Henry, like proudly, Good. <laughs> during the era where he had Tony Atlas. Excellent. MVP Montel Vontavious mm. Porter and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Then we had the extremely well-regarded Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal with Mae oh. Young as a special guest timekeeper, where Santino won. Oh, that was funny. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> and then we had this was really fun. Chris Jericho, this right. is really good, defeated Jimmy Snuka, who was like 104. <laughs> Rowdy, Wait, is this one? Do, <laughs> I remember this. Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> yeah. And Ricky Steamboat. Remember Steamboat's amazing in this? So was this, I don't remember, was this some kind of like gauntlet situation? with Tripp- Yes, with, it was. So Jericho had to fight all these people Handicap in a row. elimination, yep. Yeah, it was like, and I remember it, the, the first two, they were like both 100, so it was like stupid. <laughs> Piper's but then, pregnant. Like, yeah. But then... All of a sudden, Ricky Simba, it's like, I'm 50, but I can still go, bro. And like, and he like, it's amazing. He just has a fight with him and it's awesome. He never lost that ability to fire up the crowd with the baby face hope. And but the on big top comeback. of it is he was fucking athletic. Was great. Like it was like an older man who like exercises and is in shape. <laughs> Jack LaLanne over yeah, here. Yeah, like, yeah, it was like a Jack LaLanne type. Like, that's all I'm saying. It was it's good. Like, that was really good. That I, was really I, good. I, sometimes I want to watch that again. I you always can? forget about that one. Then Matt Hardy defeated Jeff Hardy. I don't care why. It doesn't fucking matter. 2.0. Who knows? It wasn't even that anymore. Oh, God. Then uh, JBL lost the IC title to Rey Mysterio in 20 seconds. Nobody cares. I remember that because I was a good fuck JBL. Yeah. On various levels. Taker Sean, obviously. Right. And then after that, like the ultimate who cares for like the, the big gold belt. I don't remember this, and you probably don't either. Ready? The big gold belt was even on this show. John Cena. What? Defeated in a triple threat match, the big show and Edge, who was the champion. Oh my god. Does anyone remember or care about this? I don't remember the big show being involved in anything. See, that's worse than Triple H Orton. Much worse. Can I ask a question? What? Was the big show the ECW champion or some shit? No, no, no. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I agree with you, Quinn, that Triple H Orton here should be at the bottom of the list, even though Triple H won and retained his title, which mm-hmm. I don't normally, you know, care about him being champion, it's not that bad of a match. The angle getting there was really good. Yeah. But it's, of course, it's going to be flat after the fucking Undertaker Shawn Michaels it's thing. It's hard. It's very hard. So we'll go with number four. We'll actually, we'll give it a little sympathy. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's do that. Be a little leaning on it. Yeah, I agree because I don't think it's horrible, but it's not. No yeah. one cares, you okay. know? All right. So to round it out here for week number two on the flush. At number one, it's still Ms. Cena from WrestleMania 27. We got a newcomer here for number two, Undertaker versus Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 33. Number three, Undertaker Sid from WrestleMania 13. And number four, Triple H versus Randy Orton, Wrestle 25. That's the flush. Let us know if you agree, disagree. Let us know why. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. 
Quinn, when we come back, it has been a long time since we went down to Dallas. We're still on the hunt for a really good episode of World Class Championship Wrestling. We are. Let's see if this is the one, Quinn. We'll see. World Class coming up right after this. wrestling fans it's time to shout out our friends of the show now these are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like ovp let's start with the best of southern fried wrestling we're talking filthy we're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast we're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the nwa each week and then for a whimsical journey led by one man pete winson Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And and they also botched the Roman tried to do a tombstone reversal to Undertaker and they they Someone, oh, that! You didn't pick yeah. him up. It was like pick, a very yeah. sad looking. They botched that like twice. <laughs> the whole thing was sad yeah. and just it was. stupid. It was just an odd choice to end WrestleMania. What a fucking horrible display. Like all of it. <laughs> I just fuck that match. It was bad. Like you can't think of anything better to do than that. I'm sure they could think of it. And they just. Didn't I don't think they want can. To. Sure, they could think. I could think of a lot of things. Yeah. I think they, with the talent they had on the show, if they just switched the old guys and the new guys, <laughs> and had the new guys wrestle the new guys and the old guys wrestle the old guys, maybe like in the pre-show you have like yeah. Undertaker fight Triple H or something, yeah. and then you have like you know some of the new talents fight each other. Yeah. Now you have a show. <laughs> right. you put a storyline around it. Yeah. I'm on board. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 214. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Oh, we are. We are. And we've been taking suggestions, folks. There's a, uh, a post on Facebook. We want specific episode suggestions, and we will comb through them and see if we can get to some of them as time goes on. It's not going to be all this season or anything like that. As the days go by. As days go by, yeah. it'll be a greater love for uh, retro wrestling. And the family. And the family. Now, this is a world class. We're going down to Dallas, like oh, we said. Oh, here we go. Is it going to be good this time? That's usually the question. Now, Quinn, we've done world class before. We don't hate it. Between this one and AWA, those are the two where we're like, we're on the why, why can we not find something really good? Right, because we, we know that from around 82 to 85, 86, World Class was very well regarded. Obviously, folks, this is the Dallas promotion of Fritz von Erich. And until 1981 or two, it was known as Big Time Wrestling, which is very like, ha yeah. sounding there. But then they got satellites and they went, we're worldwide now, bitches. That's, <laughs> like, that's, what, they, that's, that's what Fritz said. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, well, take bitches. that, WF. You're yeah. not in fucking Japan or some shit. Right. We are. And here's one of the great things about World Class. Much like Bill Watts' Mid-South, they had a pioneering way of doing their weekly episodic programming. Mm-hmm. It had it was very well produced. Any, it's, but, it's much, comparatively to even WDF, it's very good. Very well produced, very clean looking, very sharp, and a great presentation. Their longtime commentator, Bill Mercer, who I absolutely mm-hmm. love, he is not a good wrestling announcer. No. He's a good broadcaster. Ah, the Cotton Bowl. Ah, the Cotton Bowl Spectacular. Ah, the Cotton Bowl Spectacular. Wonderful. Bill Mercer was actually a football and baseball announcer for many, many, he many sounds years. sounds like it. Oh, Benicus flies out, and the left-hander hitting Denny Doyle steps up. 
Ah, Jenny Doyle. He has a great voice. He's not good at announcing. He sounds like matches. he's donned the uh, the coat that says CBS on the side. Right, or exactly. Right. Uh huh. So they're a very very good promotion in terms of their production. Obviously, the most famous angle was the Von Erichs and the Freebirds. That's over by the time we're doing this one. And this one was a suggestion from Andrew LaSalle. And it's the August 3rd, 1985 World Class. Mm. Now, if you have the WWE Network, you can watch this. That's where we got it from. This isn't like Richard Landon. Oh, this have isn't to find it. rare or anything. No, no, no. And, and if you're doing this later, I'm assuming you can find this on the Peacock version, yeah, too. Yeah, right. It's just the regular what they give you here. So, Quinn... Let's just find out what's going on. We're not experts with World Class, but we always right. like to give it a shot to see if we get a good episode. It's World Class Championship Wrestling. Thank you, Andrew LaSalle. August 3rd, 1985. Back to WCCW again, as we always say, the usual question, does a good episode exist? We're going to find out. We'll, we'll find out. Yep, we get that usual intro, you know, the drumming music. Dun, 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 dun. The overly triumphant music yeah. with clips and satellites. Yeah. Like, the satellites are very present. They, they talk about it. They ha- they show you the satellite. Oh, yeah. It's animated. And you get a satellite photo of the Earth from like the 70s. It is real. Well, you know, that you, know? you got to know where you're going with your satellite so you can zap it to is that Australia how or whatever. You zap? Yeah, that's what it shows like on the animation. It's like they, they have like a wrestling clip and it goes like and it like <laughs> goes into some area on the globe. Good point. Uh, Bill Mercer now welcomes us to, of course, the world famous Sportatorium which looks brightly lit, at least. We're right here in Dallas, Texas, at the Sportatorium, the most famous wrestling arena in the world. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Mercer, and it's great to have you with us. It's the mid-'80s, baby. It better be bright by now, because we've seen some dingy versions of it, remember, Mm -hmm. in the earlier 80s? This one's a little too bright, though. I mean, (laughs) did you notice you can see some things that I didn't expect to see? A little too rough. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably mention them as we go along here. I'm sure you will. Uh, Bill Mercer runs down some of tonight's car before throwing to commercial. We drum away and we come back where our first match is in the ring. Our ring announcer, uh, Pat Sajak. No, I'm just kidding. It's Mark Lorenz. Might as well be Pat <laughs> He Sajak. looks like him. Yeah. He welcomes us and mentions that all the matches are sanctioned by the NWA. All matches are sanctioned by the National Wrestling Alliance. Like, that matters. <laughs> like, he also explains that this is the only wrestling scene around the globe because of satellites, remember? So remember, Satellites. That's, it's important. <laughs> I always say this, and I wasn't sure because we never had confirmation in a review of them, like, actually acknowledging the satellites and global and all this, and I was glad to hear them say it. No, finally. it's real. Yeah. I'm glad that wasn't just fucking Gene saying high-tech in some kind of thing. Oh, look at the tech. Yeah. Uh, first in the ring, we have... Uh... Hollywood John Tatum. Looking dumb. We're not off to a good start here. I've never seen something with him I liked. Already, Joe, I'm like, (laughs) well, I guess it's not a good episode, right? (laughs) His opponent is Brian Adidas, who is also known sometimes, yes, as Brian Adidas. Brian wears my Adidas. Very Adidas. Very Adidas. He is the Adidas one. (laughs) Why did he... I think I say this every time we see them. Why did he not wear Adidas shoes? Like, that seems like... The easiest, just were, like a D, just he he's a wrestler that wears Adidas shoes. Were they popular in the early eighties? Yeah, Run DMC in nineteen eighty five was around. Oh well, maybe he hadn't picked up on it yet. I mean, this was so this was a a slam dunk. A slam, you are right yeah, about yeah, that. Like it is so Correct. easy. Just wear Adidas shoes. <laughs> I will buy you some Adidas. Yeah, uh, old shitty Bronco Lubick will be our referee here as Tatum stalls to start like he's Larry Zabisco. Ugh. Bill Mercer is so excited that he brings up shit from last week having nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> lock up in a side headlock into a hammerlock and to a roll up by Adius. I must say this tape was preserved in good quality, by the way. Did you notice that? You know, one of the trends I've noticed, Quinn, is almost everyone except WWF has good quality shit from the early this is 80s. This fucking 
high ass quality like pristine primo like it's so it's such good quality that the upscale to i'm assuming 1080p or probably actually no i think w720p 720. even that like it looks really good it does look good yeah. yeah and if you watch some wwf stuff from 85 some of it does not look this good yeah. tatum tells the crowd to shut up as we circle again as i can see the wall of the building on the side <laughs> we, very, an aircraft carrier yeah, we like to bring it up i mean it's a sportatorium there's no bones about it Quinn. You, you know when i can see the wall there's always a problem. You know what you're getting with the sportatorium, though. 4,000 seater piece, piece of, of shit. Crap, no air conditioning. Probably stains all over the place. Always sweaty in there. Rotting wood. Because it's yeah. fucking Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's beating down on it all day. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Michael. Uh, we get a lock up on the ropes here. Tatum with some knees, Irish whip, duck under by 80s into a high cross body for one. Tatum bails out again. Meanwhile, some kid holds like a regular mic into the ring for <laughs> some reason. What was that? Like, know. did you see that? It's like, gotta get those ring noises <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Uh, the crowd's definitely into it, at least, which will be a, th- a theme tonight. Uh, back in and one guy and one guy alone tries to get a go Brian go chant started. <laughs> it doesn't work. They missed the boat there. Why didn't they say Adidas? Go Adidas, go. It's much better. His name is Adidas at this point. Quinn. It's, it's not, not Adidas. It is. It's spelled Adidas. No, it isn't. What? A-D-I-I-S. Anyway, side headlock by Adidas as Mercer talks about literally anything else. I can't really blame him. This nothing. opener is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> headlock onto the mat now, but Tatum with the head scissors. Adidas is back up and Tatum bails out again. Can we get on with it, please? <laughs> this match is like 10 minutes on like a 40 minute. It's like a quarter of it. Like, what is this? Your favorite. There's more bailouts here than the 2008 recession. Oh, boy. Oh, come on! Gorilla Mercer now calls Tatum the Hollywood man. <laughs> there he is, the Hollywood man. Uh, back in an eye by Hollywood and knee off the ropes. Why do the companies not understand how to do TV openers? It's like everyone but WBF, Joe. And Memphis. And Memphis. Like, those two, WWF and Memphis, they get it. We have to have 6,000 matches yeah. in this, like, 40 minutes. It, like, you do the first match short, it needs to be... Two minutes. Yeah. That's it. It's a little appetizer. Yeah, just give give it to me. Like this. Do, do a two minute squash, go do an interview, and then yeah. come back to another two to three minute thing. It's not hard to figure out, but then again, who are we to argue world class had the tech? I think it's because they're sanctioned by the NWA, and the NWA means it's like we gotta make this opener really boring. It's like <laughs> fuck. It's they don't get it. Mm, this is not the time to have the long match. It is not, and it's not a good long match either. No, it's Headlock thing. City. Yep, uh, a bunch of shitty kicks now by Tatum, but Adius fights back. They get caught in the ropes. Meanwhile, Bronco moves like he has a crap in his pants. Snapmare by Tatum into a chin lock as I search for the 1.5 speed on the network, <laughs> but it's not there. I really there, did. I'm not can, kidding. On an aside, I'm excited for this move to Peacock, Joe, because the player is the most hideous thing I have ever seen. Like, it's developed into just ter- like I can't fast forward it properly quick. anymore if I have to pause it it might go back like 30 seconds yeah, I don't know when on. I hit play I don't care anymore if I, like here's the other thing is the menus like sometimes I swipe to the left or whatever to get on that sidebar yes, right. but sometimes I'm trying to get to the other sidebar that's in the sub menu but it takes me to the main sub menu sidebar and I'm like what the fuck is going on like you know what everyone was a little like what is WWF doing? Like, why are they why are they not keeping their own app? It's like they should not keep their own app. They need to get the fuck out of here. Like all this footage, it's behind this really shitty thing that I can't like 
do anything with. And don't get me started on the search. God forbid they have a search function that works. I search for WrestleMania 8 and you get something from 2015. How hard is that? <laughs> it's the eighth match on WrestleMania, but from 2015, you see. Exactly. You're not understanding their logic, Joe. Oh, God. All right. Back to the match here. Both guys are up off the ropes. Elbow by Tatum gets one because Lubick takes like seven years to get to the mat to count. Chinlock again. Can we? <laughs> now we get an actual Go Brian Go chant, or maybe it was a Go Brian Gumble chant. Possibly. By the, by the way, fuck Brian Gumble. Uh, the crowd and Bill Mercer are the only lively things here as the chin lockery continues. Please stop. <laughs> Please move it along. This is too long. 80s tries to fight back, but Tatum takes him back down here. Mercer brags that Brian 80s learned his wrestling skills from the Von Erichs as he's blatantly losing and getting his ass kicked. <laughs> That's why he sucks. They taught him how to wrestle. He's like losing. He should learn from Gary Hart or whatever. <laughs> We're still in the chin lock. 80s finally hammers out. Off the ropes. Unbelievably awful sunset flip by Adidas here that even Bronco doesn't get down to the mount to cavalry. He's like, no, fuck that. That was terrible. <laughs> terrible. It was awful. So Tatum pulls pulls down Brian's underpants to get the pin. Were they Adidas underpants? Shut up. Got that from the Adidas. They make underwear. I know, I know. And then I guess in something mildly interesting, uh, Tatum runs out into the crowd to leave. <laughs> like a nerd. That was actually funny. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this show with like, I like that they do this, and I noticed it a lot in this episode. What? Is playing with the fact that they're in this fucking tiny piece of shit that they can like just wander into the crowd easily. Oh, yeah. It's a you hallmark I mean? of a sportatorium. Yeah, it's just like, it, eh, whatever. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like a room. I would wager that like 90% of the people there are there every single week or whenever they do these tapings. It's every not like two they're going to like punch the wrestlers. They, know or, we, yeah. they probably know the wrestlers by now. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? They probably like get like dinner at Denny's around the corner with them or something. Denny's, Quentin. I'm sure they got a steakhouse or something what do you, like What that. do you think is in the surroundings? Because not a Denny's. Because the sportatorium, from my understanding, at least from the pictures, it looks like there's nothing around. Like it's in the fucking desert or something. Of Texas? Like, it's off a highway somewhere. It is off a highway, I believe, yeah, but I'm I've just sure. always wondered if there's any at all, like, some kind of food places in the vicinity. I guarantee you there's good barbecue nearby. Yeah. And I guarantee you there's good a steakhouse nearby. But would you say, would you guess, just a guess, yeah. without looking at a GPS. Just a survey? Would you guess that it's like, when they say nearby, it's like three miles down the road or That's some shit? Far. I just mean that it's, it's not in walking distance. Like, you can't just file out of the sportatorium and, like, Give me a, it's Dallas. It's yeah. not like they're, they're in Bumble Dick. Yeah. Dallas is a city. Tell a us if you have city. any sportatorium experience. Yeah, we want to know. If you ever went there, was yeah. it like you got to get in the truck and like go drive to get a bite afterwards? Definitely a truck, though. Yeah. You got that right. Anyway, that match was really crummy. Yeah. Maybe the next match will be good. I don't know. Maybe. We go to break. We come back to check out the exciting newcomer, <laughs> Jim Powers. Always, always new and coming and always there what the fuck is he doing here so anyway <laughs> this is great bill mercer has taken this new yorker jimmy powers to an ice cream store in dallas what in the fuck we're here at baskin Robbins. we're here at baskin robbins <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully not carvel <laughs> thank goodness i mean because if it was a carvel anywhere in the country there's a possibility that uh, the lady there. might yeah, be there gonna want that. maybe she was training there in 19... 19- where she opened her own car. What the fuck you want? Yeah. All right, we're here with Jim Powers, exciting wrestler from New York City who's just come to Dallas. Jim, how do you like the Texas weather? Well, it sure is hot down here, <laughs> Bill. I just have to ask one question, though. Do they not have Baskin Robbins in New York? Is this like so exotic for Jim Powers yeah, to I'm be? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they. <laughs> right? I've seen a Baskin Robbins here, a lot yeah, of them. Of too. course. It's so not I, like rare. No. 
So Powers orders a nice big Texas-style banana split. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Like, if you're from Dallas, please tell us if there's a Texas-style. Like, if, is that on the menu? Right, Texas-style. Right, yeah, it's just bigger. It has a hat on. Everything's big in Texas. <laughs> That's <yeah>. right. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bill Mercer gets a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> As they talk about, like, the weather, like, (laughs) seriously, what is this? Are you having a hard time adjusting to the heat? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Anyway, we see kids eating now as Mercer talks to uh, Jimmy about how, you know, he is from New York, but when Jimmy Powers was 10, he moved to Munaki, New Jersey. (laughs) Always comes back to our state, doesn't it, Somehow, man. And you were saying, didn't Munaki come up in something we were doing recently? Within the last few weeks, I think there was a commercial on maybe the Primetime Live review or something where it was like... Something was in Munaki, and we were talking about it. We're about in New Jersey. Small town called uh, Munaki, New Jersey. We've been there uh, up until recently when I just moved to Dallas. Kung Fu Munaki. Stop it. Powers then says that he's 21 years old. I have a spoiler for you. He's 27. <laughs> Gotta keep the illusion of young and up and coming. Six year difference? That's, Holy that's pretty big shit. when you're only 27. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He could have said like 24. A, at least. a big chunk of your life. Yeah. It's a long time. At, at that age, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Mercer wants to know why the hell he's down here. And he's like, well, you know, I watched the show from Jersey. Was that possible? Like, serious question. Like, Probably, right? Was it on I mean, they say or? it's on set. I mean, unless, was Jim Powers' family rich? Because he must have had to have a satellite dish to get it. Can, yeah, can you let us know, folks, if you're from the Northeast or really anywhere far-reaching outside of Dallas? I don't think that Dallas, was just on the rabbit ears, let's put it that way. I don't know. It might have been. It, it wasn't been on syndi- cable. It could have been syndicated on something. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. Possibly. But I, I'd like to know if someone wants to find out if it aired in Jersey. Because, I mean, we were... Specifically Munaki. We weren't born yet. We were almost born around this time. But it would be weird to think that, you know, in the mid-80s, why you could watch WWF in the WrestleMania era that you can turn on world class. Here's, here. here's the problem is that from what I can tell based on the literature and slash the, the DVDs and stuff, stuff I've seen about this whole satellite situation. Yeah. Essentially what world class did from my understanding is essentially instead of go with the cable route, they went the satellite route. Yes, right? correct. And I remember growing up that there were, you could either have satellite or cable. You couldn't have both. Right. Or you had to have two lines hooked in and you were paying for two things and if you had satellite because i remember there was this house in town that had a fucking satellite dish yeah they were massive they like took up your entire oh, backyard yeah. like they were just huge i forget the name of them but yeah the but, big ones but the advantage was is if you really like tv you have like 700 channels or some shit like it was like insane where it's just shit that you're not even supposed to be seeing yeah it, it was, was just really like cool. you could get stuff from like other countries like yeah. no translation it's yep. just the raw fucking feed yep. from like fucking afghanistan yeah. or something like in hot programming over there but you live in like i don't know like kansas somewhere in new jersey and you just have this you have a you just so happen to have a big backyard and <laughs> you can have this right so jimmy says that he's here because this is where the finest competition in the world is but did he watch the wwf they're like in his town he was in the wwf just now he oh, was already there was he he was there in like, he was there in like 84 he, he was he has mm-hmm. just left he was there in june I of say. 85 still he comes back he shortly after. Watching, he was just watching that Munaki local TV, and <laughs> there you go. Well, the reason, Quinn, that he, he went there was just to get like more experience mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. It was just like a short thing. He came back to WWF shortly Vince, after. you suck. You need to go. <laughs> they, they do this. We've seen it in 83. Well, yeah, Tony Atlas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he wants a title shot of some kind, which is rather bold of him. He says ideally, though. Like, ideally, like that right, might, yes. it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So anyway, their ice cream arrives. 
and we watch two grown men eat ice cream as we go to break. What was the point of that? Like, uh, it's very world class of them. I well, gotta say though, it was like kind of charming. At oh, the I same love that. It had no point, but it was also like I don't know. I felt like I got to know Jim Powers. Well, that's the point, right? Instead of just watching him Wrestle. use his muscles on a beach somewhere, like in WCW. I gotta say, anytime um, Bill Mercer goes on location somewhere. Whether it's this or like Skandor Akbar's headquarters or something like that. <laughs> the headquarters, remember that? Yeah. Bill Mercer's good at these because, again, he's a professional broadcaster. So yeah. he just has a certain charm and elan, if you he will. He asked the right it's questions. Great. And I feel like the questions he asked were natural. Like he didn't have a list. He just no, he started no. asking him about how, how, who he was and where he was from. So where are you from? You know, yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're back where our next match is in the ring. First, from Missouri. From St. Joseph, Missouri. Mike Bond. Looks like a local hardware store owner. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> Bond. Mike Bond. Yeah. Anyway, his opponent is the exciting newcomer himself, Jimmy Powers. There he is. Bronco's going to be RF again. Ugh. Uh, so <laughs> Mercer brags about Munaki. Yep. Kung Fu Munaki. Stop. Kung, Kung Fu Munaki. Stop it now. Or would it be Kung Munaki? Is that the better term? What do you, what do you, None what do you of this folks? is a better term. None of it. Let, uh, write in, folks. Uh, Kung Munaki or Kung Fu Don't Munaki. Don't waste your time. Um, what, 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 what do you prefer? Because whenever Munaki comes up, then we can say that. Don't don't write in about that. Power Kung, Kung <laughs> Stop it. Powers has white tights on, which is weird. We get a crappy handshake to start here. Bond doesn't really look like a wrestler, and it's weird to me. He doesn't. I also noticed that he has weird tan lines on his thighs. He doesn't do this all the time. I no. think. I think maybe he's going the, to the hardware store. He's got to run the hardware store. People know him in town. Yeah. Um. He's originally from Missouri, there. Um. And he moved to Dallas right. for you know the potential of being a world champion in wrestling clearly world champion but meanwhile he just runs the local hardware store yeah, well someone's got to sell, sell those hinges and screws and all yeah. that right and it's him phillips had screwdrivers and shit exactly lockup and push by powers but bond makes a big fuss to bronco there circle and another lockup goes nowhere another lockup side headlock by powers into a hammer lock we just saw that same hold in the opener that's one of the problems with this type of shit is where it's the same thing over and over again that's when you can tell the same person taught them how to wrestle <laughs> By the way, they all do headlocks or they all do a particular move. It's just a style back then. Yeah. Now everyone does a flip. Not everyone. Don't write in. It's the new hotness. It's the new hotness, right? Yeah. Uh, Bond goes into the ropes, lock up again, another side headlock, and the crowd likes it. Take over to the mat. As Mercer just talks about Gino's car and Bruiser Brody <laughs> yeah. and stuff, like just like not this. Not this. Bruiser Brody uh, is the one that beat up Gino's car or something. Maybe, some possibly. But we don't know. Broke his car. We're yeah. not sure. It's funny. Is Gino a face? Like, why no. are they talking? Yeah, he, no, that's what's no. weird about it. Like, <laughs> uh, back up, shoulder block by Powers. Back into his side headlock on the mat here as Mercer says capitulate and then talks about next week's show. Bond gets all handy now as Powers does like the come on and fight motion. You know, Ugh. the fisticuffs. That was the best impression. <laughs> come on and fight. Come on and fight. I'm Lock. from Munaki. <laughs> Not Missouri. His accent was thick, by the way. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, bad. Yeah, <laughs> very, very Jersey. Yep. Lock up and a side headlock by Bond. Do they do other moves on this show, Joe? Like, seriously, it's Headlock City. It is a lot. Uh, powers, uh, powers out. Uh, but a hair pull here by 007 maintains control. <laughs> Snap suplexa by Bond into a double chin lock. Powers gets up, gets out. Big backdrop. Bond bails out. Get it? Bond bails. Bail yeah. bond. Mm-hmm. I hope you forget all of your passwords. Uh, back in, kick to the dick by Bond and some clobbering forearms there. He thinks he's so good, Bond. It looks like a low-rent version of the <laughs> Mauler. You notice that? It's like shitty Mauler. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's true. Yeah. His mustache is very good, though. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got the Mauler hair when he turned into the Mauler. Yeah, yeah. And he has Marky Eaton's mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, corner whip is reversed. Big elbow by Powers. Turnbuckle Ram. Bond is in trouble. Corner whip by Powers, but Bond charges out with a clothesline. Mercer talks about Muscle Beach. Neat. Wonderful. Rope body slam by Bond. As Mercer now reminisces about the Texas size banana split. <laughs> ah, I remember when we had the Texas size banana split. He's a big man. <laughs> what a Texas size banana split. We were having our little visit. Love him. Ah, the cotton bowl. I love him yeah. so much. It's very good. He is not good, but I love him. <laughs> just, he just talks about whatever. And he doesn't talk about the match ever. It almost. doesn't matter, though, to be quite honest with I you. I know. Literally, 90% of his commentary is talking about other shit. Either last you know, week. Somebody was asking about star ratings and commentary the other day. This yeah, is Andrew a perfect Rogers. example of the commentary fixing this crap. Right. Because this match sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But I'll give it an extra star right. because, you know, I'm I'm hearing about fucking a, a banana split and shit. Oh, my God. Mercer's all over the place. Talking about last week. Talking about next week. Bruiser about- Brody, Gino's car. <laughs> Bruiser <laughs> Brody, Gino's car, ice cream in the store. You may be right. I may be crazy. But shut the fuck up. Body Slam at Bond is called a body slammer by Mercer because he doesn't care what the uh, moves are called. Some of his names, we'll get to. He doesn't are, know or yeah, care. Amazing. Uh, Bond heads to the second rope, misses an extremely shitty elbow. Powers is back up, Quinn, all fire. The house of Munaki, baby. Someone's got to be. Yep. And then, surprisingly, a Russian leg sweep gets the pin. <laughs> now, Gorilla would have said that move doesn't usually work, and also that it's a neck breaker, but at least it's over. <laughs> uh, neck breaker! Yeah. You're not going to get him that way. <laughs> and then he pins him. Yeah. Imagine what Gorilla oh, oh, I didn't expect him. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he got him. Surprising, brain. Uh, I didn't hate this match, Quinn. 50% of this show is gone, and we've had two matches. <laughs> just saying. That's one of your no-nos, right? Yeah, but again, I didn't hate this match No, it's fine. I mean, um, as long as I get to hear about banana splits and that's Munaki, that's fine. Much better than anything else. We go to break. We come back for our next match. And the announcer says this is the main event, but it's not it's because they said not. it's not. <laughs> even like even the guy, this whatever his name Mark is. Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence. He said what the main event was when we started. <laughs> yeah, And, and then he's like, no, this is the main event. <laughs> But don't worry, the next match is also the main event. What? What is this, WrestleMania 25? I don't know what's going on. First, Gary Hart. I like him, by the way. Gary Hart's a very good manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, He proudly (laughs) presents our old favorite, the maniac Mark Lewin, who looks like an old welder. (laughs) Big favorite of ours, literally wrestling since the 50s. Look, Joe, I Wikipedia'd him during this. Oh, you did? And I was like, when did he start? 1953. When he was 16. He's, that's when his first Holy match in 1953. Shit. Yeah. We've seen him before. He is, yeah, he's he's a wrestler, all right. Uh-huh. His opponent is from St. Louis, Missouri. More Missouri. <laughs> a lot of Missouri. The uh, Iceman, King Parsons. Nice shot of his hair in the arena wall, of <laughs> and course. S- and sadly, Boyd Pierce isn't here to call him the ass man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the ass man. The, the ass man. Don't do jack. <laughs> the ass man. Mr. Ash. Mr. Ashman Parsons. <laughs> David Manning will be our referee, thankfully enough, with Bronco. Gary Hart, by the way, is dressed like karate Billy Graham. I don't know. As Mercer says, Lewin is Asiatic. Is that real? <laughs> That's what he says. Because <laughs> he wrestled in Japan once or well, something. He's like, he's been in Asia so much, you might as well call him Asiatic. Okay, back to next week. You know? Yeah, well, what does he, what does that mean? I don't know. Actually, he like talks to himself <laughs> more about it. Like, he, ah, he's been there a lot, you know. <laughs> Who, that's the other thing about Mercer is because he's by himself. He has like a conversation with himself. If he you've does. ever noticed, he's like great. He, he like questions what he said, what he's saying. So is he from Asia? No, he's not really from Asia. He talks yeah, like it's that. like that. It's really weird. Uh, by the way, Quinn, Lewin's pants 
sucks. Yeah, huge pants. Huge white pants. I think it's because he's old and he just doesn't want, maybe he's a little chunky in the legs or something. He doesn't want to, you know. A little chunky in the legs? Yeah, just a little, little chunkers. So he's kind of like just hiding it. That's all. He's been eating those Texas-sized yeah. banana splits. Exactly. You know what I'm saying, man. He was at the Baskin-Robbins, but outside. <laughs> off camera. Off camera. Yeah, it was on the <laughs> other side. Bill and Imagine Lewin eating an egg. He's like, hey, what'd you get? Like, like, it's like, we're trying to do something here. Like, hey, what'd you get? You film it? Yeah. Bill and Alaga, Iceman's toss outside. Lewin follows that, lands some bad karate before Iceman just says, fuck it, slams him on the floor. Iceman King Parsons back in now, but Lewin falls into the crowd for no real reason. Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. The arena's small, whatever. Yeah. He continues to dick around, finally gets back in the ring. Assman just stands there waiting as Lewin backs away. <laughs> we get a lock up and a wrist lock by Lewin and then he just yells Utes over and over again <laughs> this got a legit laugh at me it's like an alternate hus yeah. he just Ute. keeps, Utes 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 is the cry <laughs> Mercer I'm not sure what Utes means cue up my cousin Vinny did you say Utes yeah two Utes what is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. Some biting by Lewin and more utes here. Two utes. Uh, yeah. Awful karate chops by Lewin. Another ute, another chop. A go ice go chant. More utes. <laughs> Tons <laughs> of utes. <laughs> Gary Hart yells things all nice from the outside. He's like, watch the punching. Like, yeah. Gary Hart it's all- really weird. <laughs> He's like very calm and collective. Yeah. Out there, and you can... Very much hear him on the mic. Yeah. Watch the punching there. Okay, 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 yep. son. Basically, yeah. like, <laughs> Iceman fires back with some chops. Loon goes down. He sells that like it's the end of the world. <laughs> the one shitty chop. Yep. <laughs> Gary Hart now hops onto the apron and takes a hilarious headbutt. Crowd very into this, of course. They are. They are. We're not even joking. No, no, they are. Uh, Iceman walks into more karate, though, and gets tossed to the floor. Mercer now waxes fondly about how recently great Kabuki was with Gary Hart. He just talks about everything, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I didn't expect this. One man gang walks. This is weird. Yeah, like it was just for no reason, unprompted. Now he's with Gary Hart and he's supporting Lewin, but like, he Gary Hart's like, nope, stay out of this, stay out of it. He's like, I want to help, but Gary Hart's like, don't help. He's got to do it by himself. I I don't know what's going. Aren't they heels? Like, wouldn't wouldn't that? Shouldn't they be like, if it was WF, they'd be like cackling. They're like, get him at this time. Like, you know what I mean? Instead, they're like, no, no, no. Mark is going to um, try gonna here. We, we feel bad for him because he's crazy or something. I don't know. Bad pants. But don't get carried away, one man gang. <laughs> like, I don't, like, what's going on here? I love it because gang yelling encouragement, like, nicely. He's yeah. like, come on, maniac. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Some biting by Lewin for fun. Mercer really likes <laughs> gang's head tattoo. Remember, he's like, oh, let's yeah. see if we can get a shot of that head tattoo get there. close up there. <laughs> It's a skull and crossbones. Mm. Anyway, Iceman tosses uh gets tossed to the floor again. We get a good look at how shitty that floor is. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Don't walk on that barefoot. No. Get well, a splinter. Don't worry. There's people who do that. Get hepatitis. Anyway, Loon finds a chair, decides to ram Iceman into it, but he blocks. Loon is screwing here. Back in. Iceman with a comeback. Big rights, despite Gary Hart's protests about the punching. Jumping headbutt by Parsons. Irish whip off the ropes. A butt butt. Down goes Lewin. Another butt butt gets two. Don't forget the butt butt. That's, even Mercer calls it. So is that when, it when Fuji does it? Is that the new, like, that's the name for it? A butt butt? Well, Fuji does like a rolling senton butt butt. Was it always called a butt butt and we didn't know? Only when Ass Man does it, Quinn. Oh, Ass Man. Get it? Because the butt butt. Ass Man King butt butt. <laughs> Parsons. 
wrestling is very mature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ass man, King Butt Butt. Butt Butt. We're a very sophisticated program here. See, is King Butt Butt friends with King Koopa? King Hippo. Yeah, possibly. Same thing. Dan comes in, gets his own Butt Butt. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some Butt Butt. <laughs> Parsons gets caught in a sleep hold by Lewin. That's <laughs> literally what Mercer calls it. This isn't the first time I've heard him say this. No. Oh, the sleep hold. Ah, oh, he put him in the sleep hold. <laughs> the sleep hold, folks. He says it like a lot, too. Look out, Lewin's got him in a sleep hold. It's very distracting. <laughs> he just keeps saying sleep hold. He loves it. He oh, there's it. Okay, I don't know if he's going to make it out of the sleep hold. Oh, there's the sleep hold. Watch out for the sleep hold. He in like the next match too. This isn't every match now. It's just what he calls it. Now we finally get a bell. Gang does his pose for no reason. <laughs> you know, like the <gasps> yep. And then he does the big 747 splash onto Ass Man. I love, by the way, Quinn, how Gang looks all shitty. Like his shirt is all crappy, extra fat. It's yep. like a shirt that's like a little too small. <laughs> yep. The like, sleeve is it's ripped. Like he went out and he tried to find the right. This isn't like that kind of. It's not like where he got a smaller shirt. This is like no. It's like an XL or whatever he is. But, XL. But he put it in the wash like on the second or third wash. Like you know how it like it's like slightly shorter on the bottom part. That's what it looks like. Yep. And I bet that uh, he bought that shirt himself for sure. Oh yeah, like 100%. Target or something in Dallas. Not Target. Did they have that in the 80s in Dallas? Target? I wouldn't think so. No, maybe Caldor. I don't remember when the national Target expansion yeah. took place because it was in the 80s, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, but they now. weren't as widespread. Yeah. Anyway, Rick Pasley or somebody comes out. I don't what? know. Sammy Hagar. I don't know who the guy is. Okay. Gary Hart tries now to revive King Parsons from the sleep hold because it's allegedly, it's very bad if it's you don't do that. Sleepy. Very sleepy. You could die or something. So Gary Hart's like being nice here. Yeah, because you're supposed to do that. That's right. the etiquette, right? Lewin, meanwhile, just looks really stupid the whole time. Yeah, he's just like hanging on the ropes like George the Animal Steel style, just yelling "Utes" and making a big scene. <laughs> I love it. Like it's Utes. really odd. Like hanging backwards. Like he's like "Utes, Utes." <laughs> like what? But now here's like Gary Hart like gets extra concerned about the sleep hold. So he's, he's been in the sleep for right. a while from the sleep hold. So now he goes over to Lewin. And he's like, "Can you leave Mark Lewin?" Like he, Gary Hart's like being all nice. I don't know what's going on here, <laughs> and I'm confused. Like who's heel and face here because Gary Hart's like way too nice he's being very nice isn't yeah. he yeah anyway the winner by DQ Iceman King Parsons this was actually kind of fun this was actually good yeah, I didn't mind this I like the use this is such a scene yeah. like a gang in there <laughs> yep. all this shit like yeah. it was odd I had no problem with it we go to break we come back again for our actual main event okay which I just need to mention <laughs> we're told has a 60 minute time how but <laughs> why did they you what know, is this on illusion? one hand, I will I will say I like when they pretend things and stuff like that. But yeah. I, something something about like on a TV match, right? Right. You could at least at a bare minimum say we know it's TV and say thirty or say right? TV time remaining. For yeah, one out of the, loud. thirty or TV time, right? Uh, yeah. That way you can say like, oh, if it goes over, you know, you know, we only have fifteen minutes left, and if it does go thirty, you will show you the next fifteen minutes right. next episode or something. Sixty. Minutes. 60, they don't even have 60 minutes on this show. I know. They literally don't have it. Right. They only have 45 minutes. Pretty much what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, first up, we have the dynamic duo from England, the gentleman Chris Adams with extra shitty hair today. You notice that? for a gentleman. <laughs> it's, it's weird that he looks dumpy and Gino looks better, but he's the gentleman. Well, <laughs> like I'm just saying, right? Yes, yes. And then, this, <laughs> this is funny, from... <laughs> this is amazing, by the way. Aristocratic... Highland Park, Gino Hernandez. That got a good laugh from me. Yeah. <laughs> because you know he's also probably referring to New Jersey. No, no, it's Highland Park, Texas, Quinn. It's oh, really? New Jersey, yeah. Oh, because I thought Gino Hernandez seemed very much like a Jersey guy to me. That's why Based I thought... Based on what? 
He's an Italian dude, probably from the city. Italian Hernandez? Gino, though. But maybe he's mixed. You know? Okay. We're gonna move on here as we <laughs> we mentioned that. Is that weird? No, no it's nobody not ever weird. thought this. No, I'm just going easy on you. Okay. <laughs> They're the American tag champs, by the way. Oh, I see. And Gino is also the Texas champion. Ah, oh, this is non-title anyway. <laughs> yeah, though, so right? it doesn't matter. Yeah, none of that is relevant. Now, their opponents are Kevin and Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, modern-day warrior today's Tom Sweet. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> David Manning, the good one, is the ref again. And guess what, Quinn? All four guys are in the ring at the same time for this one. Mm. This is like tornado tag. I see. That's why Texas Tornado is in it. Get right, it? yeah. They're, that's only the matches that he's in, the <laughs> Texas Tornado matches. Mer- Maybe they just called it Texas Tornado match down there instead of tornado tag. Yeah, right. And uh, Mercer's like, oh, that'll keep us busy. Kevin is barefoot. Mm-hmm. Kerry is not. Uh, <laughs> Chris and Kerry pair off in one corner. The other two in another corner. Adams gets nailed with a discus, and Gino goes down as well. The heels all bell, make a stink. Adam sneak attacks Kerry while Gino makes a big scene. Lots of, you know, punching here, and the crowd, Quinn, they love every single punch. They're going ape shit over absolutely everything. By That's the way. boys, Quinn. This, the is, Von this, is, this is prime Von Eriks. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Anything that Kevin and Kerry do, it's like the best thing that ever happened to Texas. This is their hometown boys, you yeah. know what I mean? Even though the Freebirds are long gone, the Von Eric love lives on. Yeah, but you now know? there's these shitheads from <laughs> New Jersey or wherever they're from. Yeah, that's where they're both from. Yeah. Gentleman Chris Adams from New Jersey. Right. And obviously Gino Hernandez from New Jersey. Right. They're both from Highland New- Park, New Jersey. The Italian Gino Hernandez. Yeah, there he, that's where he's from. The uh-huh. aristocratic Highland Park, New Jersey. <laughs> uh, Kevin gets sent out of the ring, but gets quickly back in. Big rights to Adams, who goes down. Lots of brawling here. Lots of brawling, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Von Eric's double team now. Gino with an elbow. Uh, now the same for Adams, which gets a two count. More back and forth, and we focus on Gino and Kevin inside while Adams and Carrie are outside brawling. Claw by Kevin inside. The Von Eric's both in now double teaming Adams. Kevin misses an elbow. The heels double team Carrie. Sleep holds by each heel on the Von Eric. Very sleep holds. A lot of sleep holds. Sleep holds! Yeah. Oh, the sleep holds! Oh, the sleep holds. (laughs) The brothers escape the sleep holds, though, and they each hit iron claws. This is so silly. I love this spot. It's good. Because they they got the double sleep holds and then the double iron claws. Double iron claws. It's very good. Uh, Adams escapes his iron claw, though, and the heels try to dominate, but carry with a big punch on Gino for two. Gino from New Jersey, obviously. Adams, meanwhile, tries his feet on the ropes pin on Kevin. Doesn't work. Carry with big punches on Gino, and he goes over to break up another sleep hold. Big discus by Carry on Adams. Kevin with a big chop off the second rope, but Gino gets the knees up on a splash. Carry finds a chair, but he doesn't get to use it. This is madness. This is this is crazy, crazy, right? This is this is insane. It's very hard to call. Because oh yeah, just, I, my notes were like all over the place with this. It, yeah. Sometimes I just had to take a break. I just had to type brawl. Yeah, because it's just. It's insane. There's just everything is everyone's going on. People are switching constantly. Yeah. It's just, it's I'm doing my best here. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, it's hard to call. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Carrie is tossed outside. The heels double team Kevin now with Adams nailing the super kick. They kick Kevin to the floor, but Carrie is climbed back in from the other side and the heels use a fucking spike pile driver. I was on surprised Kevin. on this because Woo! this looked like he was like from the apron. Yes. Like they spiked him yeah. and like it was on cement. On the, uh, yeah, on the floor of the sportatorium. He might have hit some hay on the way down too. <laughs> No, in the sportatorium. You never know. Yeah. That's what they call it a heyday. Right. Thanks. Uh, Carrie comes over to chase the heels away and check on Kevin, who is down and out. Carrie makes it back in the ring just in time to avoid getting counted out. He nails Gina with a discus punch. Adams gets punched as well, but Kevin is still in trouble. The heels have double teamed. Some men in cowboy hats now. I'm not making that up. They start to, <laughs> they haul Kevin out of the arena. Double team elbow off the top by Gino. But suddenly Kevin, who's like halfway to the back being helped out by the cowboy hat man, he says, 
bucket and he and turns around and comes back to a huge pop. The fans love this shit. They yep. eat it up. This shit rules. Like I, I was into it. I was like, because uh, he like he's like fuck you cowboys. It's yeah. like I'm gonna help my brother. You yep. know, it's like I don't care that I might not have all my faculties because I got pile driven. Yeah. You know, You're fuck absolute. it. Like right. <laughs> It's great. The crowd loves yeah. it. Kevin's back in. He beats the shit out of both heels, chases Gino outside. We go back in the ring. Carrie nails Adams with a discus again. And now the heels just say, you know what? Enough of this. They mm-hmm. bail. Your winners by count out the Von Erics. But man, this was a fun little time, Quinn. Good shit. And it was ridiculous. I, I, I just loved how chaotic it was. Yeah. This is good world class, you see. Yes. And we found it. We finally found it. We go to break. We come back. We're Mercer's like, hey, did you like this? Next week. Gino Hernandez versus Kerry Von Erich. One-on-one. One-on-one. Yeah, no no bullshit this yep. time, right? It's like they can't get their partners. That's it. Now, this might have been, probably is, the best episode of World Class that we've ever done. Because it's true. You know why it was good, Quinn? It was casual. It was breezy. You know what I it mean? It was like, I think I was texting you, and I was like, it seemed like the talent was just like having fun. Yeah, having like, fun. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to be serious or anything. It nope. was just like, it was just a good time in the sportatorium for like 40 minutes. Yeah, a very good time. The opener was literally the only crappy thing. What but- a piece of shit. <laughs> but that, listen, all that stuff from Munaki and the ice cream. Oh, God, I love and, it. And then like, then going to see Jimmy Powers wrestle and talking about like Bruiser Brody and Munaki again. Yep. That was fine. Mark Lewin, Mark yelling Lewin Utes. being crazy, yep. which I was surprised he was like entertaining for once. <laughs> like it was amazing. Yeah, I know. You're right. And then Gary Hart being silly. Yep. Gary like, Hart was, being silly. one man gang showing up. Yep. And then the main event was great. Mm-hmm. Fun time. Uh, so yeah, this easily flew by. This is very good. And here we go. We found a good WCCW. <laughs> so that yep. quest is accomplished. It's a very exciting day for me. Very exciting for me too, because as we mentioned, you know, we oh, we want the stuff we watch to be good. Sometimes. We intentionally get bad stuff or people like Richard Land intentionally yeah. send us bad now, stuff. I thought this was recommended to us purely because the the um, screenshot on World on WF Network or whatever. Yeah. It was Jim Powers eating ice cream with right. Bill Mercer. So, so I, I was know. like, oh, come on. This is like an in-joke. Right? I don't know if Andrew LaSalle like scrubbed through and he tried to find one or mm. rib us. Yeah. But thank you, Andrew, because whether you intended to or not, you gave us a good episode of this World Class. LaSalle recommendation ran great. Yes. It was fantastic. <laughs> and folks, we hope this uh, retro wrestling podcast ran great for you as we wrap up another week in the world of retro wrestling. Obviously, we will be back next week for the Ides of March, March 15th, mm. for episode 215. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group. And again, if you want extra OVP content, I encourage you to just give it a shot. Just try it for a few weeks, even. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, until next time, until next week, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are off to Baskin Robbins. See ya. Hi, we're here with Jim Powers, exciting wrestler from New York City who's just come to Dallas. Jim. How do you like the Texas weather? Well, it sure is hot down here, Bill. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to take some time for me to get used to it, but uh, maybe this ice cream parlor will be able to cool us off a bit today. That's why I brought you here to Baskin Robbins at Mockingbird Square here in Dallas. Let's uh, let's order up something. What do you have? Hi. Well, how about a nice big Texas-style banana split? And I'll have a hot fudge sundae. Okay? Thank you. Let's go sit down, Jim. We'll talk a bit. Very good.
Jim, you were born in New York City? Yes, I was. I was born in New York, and uh, we lived there until I was about 10 years old. And then my family and I, we moved out to New Jersey. Whereabouts in New Jersey? A small town called uh, Munaki, New Jersey. And we've been there uh, up until recently when I just moved to Dallas. Uh, that's a great name, Munaki, huh? Well, it, it's a small <laughs> little town. It's not like Dallas. Ah, uh, well, they're great names up there. How old are you now? I'm 21 years old. How long have you been in wrestling? A short time. You would, uh, I'd still be considered a rookie. Yeah? Yeah. As a rookie, then, why did you come to Texas? Why did you come to World Class Championship Wrestling? Well, I used to watch the program up in Jersey where I lived. I used to watch the te uh, television program, and I felt that this was the area where the finest competition in the world was. And in order for me to become a good wrestler, a great wrestler, I should be where the competition was. And I felt that uh, the Dallas and World Class Championship Wrestling was the place to be. Well, we got some tough ones down here, and we got some great fans down here. Oh, uh, the people here are very good. They're excellent people, very receptive, good crowd. What do you uh, What do you plan to do now? You got to get uh, get yourself uh, in kind of in line for this, and uh, do you have some goals? Well, like any other wrestler, I'd probably like to get a, a shot at one of the championship belts down yeah. here. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.